Welcome to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from August 8th, 1997. From the high desert and the great American Southwest, I bid you all good evening, good morning as the case may be across all these many, many time zones stretching from the exotic Tahitian and Hawaiian Island chains in the west, eastward to the Caribbean and the U.S. Virgin Islands, south into South America, and north to the pole. This is Coast to Coast AM. Oh, I forgot. Worldwide, live, on the Internet. And we'll try and get that international phone number out uh, this night. It's a Friday night, Saturday morning, and it's going to be open lines all night long. Who knows? We may open a men, men in Black line. I've been threatening to do that for some time now. I would like to talk to... Well, I wouldn't expect to get men in black, as in plural, but a man in black might be kind of, kind of nice, so, you know, maybe we'll fool around with that a little bit, and whatever else uh, might come up. In other words, I'm ready for anything. It's the end of the week. Uh, it's been a pretty guest-driven show, so I would think a good night of open lines, and whatever might come up is in order. First of all, though, as you know, I don't have... Fan clubs. Don't want fan clubs. I have only one fan club, actually. That's, of course, the one headed by Barry Young down in Phoenix. Other than that, we have chat clubs. And these are places where people gather, not in the, in the idea of a sort of a fan group or the worship of anybody. I don't want that. But rather, to talk about the things that we talk about on this radio program. And... Here, um, uh, Tim Cannon, as you know, uh, he has some trouble with his jaw, and so he is temporarily out of business because you've got to be able to talk. So uh, here is uh, Bruce uh, Bruce Kettler. Is that correct, Bruce? That is correct, sir. Um, and you, where are you, Bruce? Are you in Denver? Uh, in Denver, yes. Okay. North Denver, actually. Home of the first chat club. Yes, the first chat club, the headquarters, international. All right. Uh, give us an idea of what's going on. Okay, well, and David John Oates will be speaking in Portland, San Diego, and San Francisco. And the numbers um, are given for those clubs. Uh, also, the, um, the, new, the newest chat clubs are San Diego, Dallas, and Chicago. And the numbers are given on the voicemail for those. And... Uh, we are also, beginning. We are beginning. What about chat clubs when you go to the website? We are beginning. We are beginning to proliferate, aren't we? Oh yes, we're we're proliferating. And by the way, that that reminds me. If anybody is listening in England or in Australia or uh, Canada and they want to start a chat club, yeah. well, by all means, you may do so. Okay. Um, uh, very good. And they would call that same number in the U.S. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Well, uh, excellent. All right. Anything else? No. Sounds good. All right. Thank you, Bruce. All right. Bye Take bye. care. Uh, that's Bruce Kettler. Kind of picking up for Tim Cannon in, uh, uh, in the interim. He's got, he really did something to his jaw. Well, anyway, a very good evening to you. The news is pretty sparse. UPS, as you know, is, uh, continuing its five day walkout. 200,000 Teamsters. Choked off delivery of nearly 12 million packages every day across the U.S. 
Meanwhile, a Miami judge has granted UPS an injunction limiting picket lines to more than five people and barring the Teamsters from blocking entrances and exits. Now, the UPS strike is certainly beginning to take its toll on the economy. And most of you are out on the road, I know, you UPS drivers, the, um, the route drivers, when I'm on the air. And so you're home tonight. What are you doing? What are you doing with your time? Are you happy about the strike? Do you expect good things? Are you unhappy about not being at work? Do you think the strike is going to be worth it in the end? How long do you think it's going to go on? I know I've got a lot of UPS drivers that, uh, listen, it would be interesting to hear your point of view. The NIH, or National Institutes of Health, is saying that smoking marijuana can have healthy effects and that we need more studies. Hmm. Interesting. The rover is to hike a Martian hill... It has already yielded much more information than they thought it would. Although there has been nothing, there has been no great, now maybe I've missed something. But thus far the rover has not yielded any great scientific revelation about Mars, has it? They're, they've got rocks. There's definitely rocks on Mars. Uh, so far, that would seem to be it, though. Here is a very, very interesting story. Now, um, in an attempt to get a realistic reply from the alleged theoretical circle makers, who may be theoretical aliens visiting us, who leave complicated patterns in wheat that exceed human ability to make due to size, and complexity, get this, a possible reply has been received in the very same wheat field in a large complicated formation uh, which is pressed down wheat that is an, an elaboration on an existing formation located near Britain's famed Silbury Hill, an ancient earthen monument. The existing formation, three weeks old, is a large 250 feet Star of David in fractal geometric style with 208 smaller circles pressed in at appropriate points around the star. The star has an incredible pattern of laying down of what precludes human means in our subjective opinion. The new reply is a similar star but with another star in it. In other words, a star inside a star. The possible answer, obviously, the makers come from the stars. A simple reply, but perhaps the beginning of a dialogue with alien beings without using billions of dollars in radio telescope time. So, in other words, they sent a message with a crop circle, and they believe they have re received a reply. Now, Peter Sorensen, Dr. Bruce McAbee, 
and a lot of other important people are involved in this. Really interesting. I, I'm just getting news of this as we're going on the uh, on the air. And apparently they sent a message to those who would create this. And the message was returned. Now, what do you make of that? Peter Sorensen and Dr. Bruce Maccabee are vo both uh, very well respected in the field. And we have sent a message and apparently received an answer. <laughs> very interesting. Very, very interesting. All right. As I said, uh, it's going to be just an open line night. I've got a bunch of other stuff here that I might drop in. Do you think I could get a man in black? Wouldn't that be interesting? Would a man in black talk? I'll try it. I'll try it. So I therefore restrict my normal first-time caller line, and I hereby make it a man in black line. Now, what is a man in black? Well, I guess that's what we're going to find out. Men in black seem inclined to sort of come around and threaten, intimidate, uh, people who have seen things that they should not have seen, have things they shouldn't have, that sort of thing. So are there really men in black? And if there are, would one of you be so gutsy as to call a national radio show and admit your presence? Mm -hmm. So if you are a man in black... And now I'm going to screen calls, so don't just think you can come on here and be a a jokester and black. <laughs> the number to call is area code seven zero two seven two seven one two two two. Everybody else needs to abandon that line. Because if you're not a man in black, you're going to be wasting your money. That is area code seven oh two seven two seven. One, two, two, two. What a job to have. Can you imagine that? To be a man in black. I wonder how you get hired to do that. Do they go to college campuses and recruit men in black? I don't know. The whole thing, of course, is a giant mystery, so let's see what we can find out. <laughs> You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time, tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from the 8th of August, 1997. About two months ago, it was two months ago, CNN was here, and one night we did a show, or at least a portion of a show, no, it was pretty much a whole show, actually, on why people uh, no longer trust their own government. It's a very, very serious and profoundly serious situation. And CNN was here filming. And they're taking 
parts of that, and I don't know what parts, because you never, never, never know what television is going to do. I mean, they go away with hours of film, and they reduce it down to minutes of film that consists of what they want. Uh, but we'll find out. It is on WTBS, and it conflicts with Dreamland. I can't believe that. It conflicts with Dreamland. So I'm going to be 7 o'clock Pacific Time, 10 o'clock Eastern Time. I will be on WTBS. The program is called Topics, and I don't know how much or how little they're going to use of what we did. If you were a caller, you might even hear yourself. It will be repeated at 11.50 p.m. Pacific Time, or 8.50 in the East. No, the other way around, 2.50. So I would think the time to grab it for most of you would be... Gee, an hour into Dreamland, 7 o'clock. And I will try and remind you of that as the night goes on. Uh, check your TV guides for TBS. TBS, Mr. Ted Turner's broadcasting station, the super station. And I'm going to be surprised because I have no idea. I haven't seen it. And I don't know what they have done, but we'll find out. 7 o'clock Pacific. That means it's on opposite 60 minutes and Dreamland. Whew. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hi. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm calling from Laramie, Wyoming, which is right on top of the Rockies. Yes, indeed. Uh, have you heard the latest hot, hot air about UFOs from right. the CIA? Oh, yeah, sure. The CIA has said that during the 50s and 60s, roughly half, at least, of the sightings were due to U-2s and um, black Blackbird aircraft. Yes, I've heard it. Yeah, I heard that and sort of chuckled. I'm not really impressed. And also, I wanted to let you, you and Linda Howe know, uh, here at the University of Wyoming in June, the university reserves a whole week, sometimes two, on the study of UFOs. Brings experts in. Well, that's interesting uh, to hear about it at that uh, kind of level. Good. University of Wyoming, huh? I am interested in this crop circle thing. They have returned a message. In other words, they created a crop circle, and they got an answer. Now, these are pretty high-level researchers, Bruce Maccabee. And um, I wonder if I could call one of them. Hmm, it's tempting. Very tempting. Um, they actually believe they have an answer. But what does that mean? They, in effect, completed a crop circle. <laughs> East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. Hi, Art. It's Vince in Chicago. Vince in Chicago. How Vince, I'm, how am I doing? I'm doing all right, but I'm going to have to ask you to hold on. Can you hold tight? Sure. sure. All right. Stand by, Vince. We'll be right back. This is Premier Networks. That was Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM on this Somewhere in Time.
You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from the 8th of August, 1997. I've had a revelation. Came to me during this last break. Not only will I make this, and I've got my first man in black waiting. Claimed man in black will be the judge of that. So we're going to make that a man in black line. A line for time travelers. Or... A line for anybody who claims to actually have a time machine. How about that for a combination line? Any men in black, any time travelers, or any any person out there claiming to be an actual a possessor of a time machine. I'd really like to talk to somebody with a time machine. I'd make it madman, but I'm afraid... His time may be up, if you follow me. I do. <laughs> so it's going to be an interesting evening. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from the 8th of August, 1997. Now to Vince in Chicago. Sorry about that, Vince. I looked up at the clock and I went, "Whoa!" Yeah, how's Break it going? Time. <laughs> yeah, Art. Yes. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, you remember a, a while back? Just just to start out here, uh, you remember the crazy glue incident that you had where you glued your lips together? Yes, Vince. I thought I that was so bizarre and very painfully funny that for your new listeners, maybe you should replay that sometime. That was just one one heck of a piece of radio. Well, Vince. I, I think a not not a, not quite enough time has gone between the incident and now for me to feel it's funny. It was extremely painful. I I I related to that. That was really funny. That's when I first started listening to the program. Really? But uh, on a more serious front, um, when Richard Holdman was on the program a few weeks ago, you got any idea what it's like, Vince, to see a piece of your lip in an ashtray? <sighs> Huh? I, I, you know, that's why I said it was painfully funny, Art. I, I, you know, it was it was funny in a way, but I really. Well, why, Vince? Do we do we get such a charge out of somebody else's misery? I, I mean, I admit it's true. Um, Good question. My wife, for example, she'll be, you know, get she'll get up and she'll walk through the house and she will slam her toe into something, and I will fall on the floor just about laughing, while she is. Absolutely rolling around in agony. What is it about us that makes us enjoy other people's pain? I don't know, but uh, that little segment probably should be replayed for, for your audience because that was mm. quite bizarre. But uh, I have to ask you about Richard Hogan, his appearance uh, on the show about the uh, Twin Peaks on Mars. Yes. Uh, he was asking everybody to uh, fax uh, Ted Koppel and John right. Holloman. That's right. Um, have you heard anything from Richard about that? Has there been any response from NASA? Well, as usual, with Richard, I have received some startling new information. But I can't, you know, it's not up to me to put it on the air. Uh, I'm going to await Richard. So, yeah, there's there's news, but I can't. My, yeah, I, I really... Uh, my lips are sealed as opposed to glued. 
I think Richard Hoagland is really onto something. A lot of people call him Richard Hoaxland or whatever, but I I, I'm I'm buying into it. I really am. I I believe that Richard Hoagland is really onto something. Another another point here about Louis Farrakhan. Yes. I'm I'm awaiting your interview, Art. I think you would do one heck of a job interviewing Louis Farrakhan. Well, you know what? Since Brother Ali was on, there has been dead silence from the Nation of Islam. Nary a word, nary a communication. Nothing. Brother Ali was quite unreasonable with you that night. You were giving <laughs> the guy every every chance to speak, and he and he was somehow saying that you weren't letting him finish or whatever. Well, I think that's what he. I, I believe that that's what his expectation was for the interview, that I wasn't going to let him speak. And he came in with that chip on his shoulder, and that's too bad, but it's the way it worked. And speaking of Louis Farrakhan, was it Richard Hoagland at one time, or, or one of your other guests, that said that they had found a statue inside the Great Pyramid of Giza, one of the expeditions? Oh, yes. And oh. it covered a statue that oh. looked like Louis Farrakhan? Uh, no, 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 they never said that. They said... A black man. Oh, that's, I, a, that's a long way from looks no, like yeah, Louis Farrakhan. Right, just a black man in general. Yeah, mm -hmm. oh. holding in his hand an onk. Okay, you're doing a great job, and I know I'm personally responsible for at least 100 new listeners here in Chicago. <laughs> great job, and we're happy to Thank have you. Dreamland now. Thank you. WLSAM. Yes, sir. Uh, indeed, WLS, world's largest store, and you do now have Dreamland. And by Zive, speaking of Dreamland, coming up this week on Dreamland is Bud Hopkins, author of Witness, Missing Time, and Intruders. Bud Hopkins, who is at his retreat. I guess I won't say where because people will go bug him. But he's going to be on Dreamland this Sunday. Uh, first time caller line. Actually, my, uh, my combination line. You claim to be a man in black. Is that correct? Yes, it is. It is. You can call me the auditor. The, I don't know if I like the sound of that. The auditor. Mm -hmm. The auditor. Alright. Um, what is, if you could give us a brief description of, like a job description. What is it that a man in black does? Well, he looks around the field and sees how things are going, and then he reports back to the hierarchy how it's working out. We hear... Now, that that's, that's for me as an auditor. As those, an auditor. Mm -hmm. Those that you saw in the movie, which was a, a hoot and a... I didn't see the movie. Uh, okay, you didn't see it. That was a no. joke. That was propaganda. I understand. But, <laughs> but, but you're telling us there is no question about it. There are real men in black... I can only assume so from the uh, casebook of Men in Black and the author you had on the other night. Now, wait a minute. I thought you just said you were a man in black. Yes, I am a man in black, but I'm a human one, and they are not. So you are... Well, when you say you are the auditor... Yes. You... What I function... tell the hierarchy whether or not their functions are functioning correctly and whether they need ah. to be updated or not. All right. They do need to be updated. I see. So the men in black are not human. Uh, we frequently hear they don't have lips, for mm -hmm. example. Right. And they are a biological, combination biological... Exactly. Uh, ...robot-type things. Yes. Um, let's, let's use the analogy of insects. They would be pupae drones who have had some... Uh, samples of human genetic material impressed upon them for the 
temporary purpose of executing certain missions for the hierarchy. Mm-hmm. And as auditor, you simply keep track of what they're doing, their job, whether they're doing it properly, whether they're functioning properly. Yes, and whether whether uh, society at large is, is glomming onto their onto what they're doing. Well, the mere fact that I'm opening a line for Men in Black, uh, obviously... Yes, obviously, they need updating. They've, they've become so uh, rickety and archaic, their files are so full of holes that uh, they need a new paradigm. So occasionally a man in black just, like, poops out and falls o over, or what? Well, look at the description of them. As you said, you gave the physical description. They look like they were just minted out of, uh, out of uh, hatched out of an egg or something. Yes. They wear old, archaic clothes. They right. speak in stilted, archaic language. Uh, they drive old cars and so forth. They're, they're out of date. So they're kind of like uh, Commodore computers, the old Commodore yes. 64. Yes, I have one, too, the Executive 64, the portable model. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thank you very much for your call. I don't know if I believe a word of what you said, but that is interesting. The Men in Black, he's the auditor, and they are out of date. And some of them are beginning to fail and not doing their jobs properly. How interesting. All right. I'm going to, uh, once again, um, since I've got open lines, I am going to restrict my first-time caller line to the following. Men in black, time travelers. Now, when I say time travelers, I mean real, dial-twisting, lever-pulling, Orson Welles-type time travelers, not people who have gone in your mind, but people who have gone in machines only, or people who possess or who are presently building a time machine. Any of those people can call area code 702-727-1222. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Is this Art Bell? Yes. Oh my, oh my God! Uh, okay, um, Art, I, I don't, I'd like to ask you about um, your grand experiment from um, a few months ago. Remember, where you're trying to get uh, the aliens to? Uh, there were two of them, sir. We did it twice. I know. I know you were trying to communicate telepathically with the aliens. Or and after both experiments, something occurred. Yeah. Well, um, I'd like to ask you, um, why do you think that you can? Um, that they can read your thoughts. Where do you get that from? Well, all right, fine. It's a very good question, actually. In nearly every story that you ever get of an encounter with a being, you know, whether it be an abduction or um, a close encounter or whatever it is, in almost every single case, the people will come back and say the communication was nonverbal, that it was telepathic. Okay, and I, I, and so you know, so based on that concept, uh, if telepathy is uh, the way they communicate, then imagine the power of millions of human minds projecting a single thought to them. I mean, it it does make sense. Isn't that from the lyrics of a Carpenter's song? I don't calling think. occupants of all, of inter interplanetary craft. Oh, uh, you heard that song. I think I, I recall some song like that, yes. Mm -hmm. But but no, we, we, we don't sing it here. No. The whole the whole concept sounded like it was like paranoid schizophrenic or something. Cause 
Really? Paranoid schizophrenics think that... Well, these are the kinds of things God. that we do here, sir. You know, paranoid schizophrenic things occasionally. But it's fun. It is. I'm addicted to your show, Art. <laughs> It, look, you know, um, uh, one paranoid, schizophrenic, uh, um, crazy, uh, absolutely nutty-sounding idea might be the idea. Uh, they said, you know, that um, a lot of people who have come up with some of the very best inventions and ideas have been called crazy. Uh, so I guess it just depends on whether it works or not. If it doesn't work, it's paranoid and schizophrenic. If it works, it's absolute genius. Follow me? Yeah, that makes sense. All right, good. Have a, have a good morning. And after both times, now you can say what you will, but after both attempts, there were occurrences beyond any shadow of a doubt. First in Phoenix, major sightings. And then... Uh, within days of the second attempt, major sightings in Las Vegas. So, say what you will. We have, we're two for two. Now, the question is, dare we try it again? I'm not sure, but if we want to try and prove that we are not paranoid schizophrenics who wear aluminum foil hats, then yes, at some future point, in order to establish scientific method, you need repeatability, which means that inevitably we will do it again, and I will pick the time. On my combo line, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Art Bell. That's me, yes. This is the Men in Black timeline line. Yes, it is. I am calling you from a location that I cannot currently reveal tonight. We understand. Just hold on a minute. I got a machine here. I got to check. All right. There we go. Now, uh, you want to know about the men in black? Are you? I mean, do you claim to be a man in black? Not only am I a man in black, I've also traveled through time, as well. My God, you qualify on both counts. That's why I got the the. Oh, I better not say that, but I can say yes. And I did know your uh, show was going to be on tonight on this subject. Uh, how could you? How? In other words, in other words, a year ago. Yes. In August of 1996. And the only way you could have known that was to have traveled to this very day and listened to the program. That is almost what happened. I'd okay. actually come back to this time. And then I'd forgotten about it, and then I remembered it literally a few hours ago. Uh, that's the cool thing about being able to travel in time, is even if you forget, presumably you can go back to whenever it was occurring. Oh, that's and right. Cool. Uh, I am prepared to answer any question whatsoever about the men in black. Oh, wonderful. Because, here's why, I have new information that the last caller didn't. <clears throat> I also know what the hierarchy is, and I can answer what the hierarchy is. Well, first of all, uh, do you argue with or agree with the last caller's general assessment of the men in black? Unfortunately, yes. And the situation has deteriorated to the point to where there was an actual war last year near Rio in South America. Really? 
Yes, it was between the men in black and the women in black. War of the sexes. Mm -hmm. No, not exactly. What happened was that the men in black had actually got out of control. Well, now, I, I see, I didn't even know that the men in black... Well, I guess you call them men in black, so they are men. And yes. now you're saying there are women in black. Yes, but they don't really want to come here. They're the ones that were originally... Cre they created the men in black, and then they controlled the men in black, but then Figures. the men in black slowly got out of control on just this planet. But they're actually on several thousand planets, men in black, are working for the women in black back on their planet. You're trying to tell me that the women eventually, in time... Become dominant? On Earth, yes, again. But what, what is the general job description of a man or woman in black, and what differences uh, in, in, in job descriptions would okay. there be? All you have to do to be a woman in black, first of all, you can't be from Earth. Right. They, they can only be of the hierarchy back okay. home. All right. The, the men in black can be almost anyone, except they have to be uh, very loyal. And that's hard. Anybody can lie, see. But that that's not always... There, there's new things that have been developed in the last 400 years. One of them is the reverse speech thing. Like, uh, what's his name? David, John Oates. Yeah, David, David John Oates, that's right. Uh, he's not the Hall and Oates guy, is he? Hall and Oates? No, mm, not, not, yeah. no, no, no. Um... We what we hear. Uh, what is the job of a man in black? We hear they are here to retrieve um, yes. alien artifacts. Any evidence? Okay. First of all, the men in black. Why are they here? The the main thing is is that that thing that crashed in Roswell in 1947. Yes. It was meant to be. It 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 was dropped on purpose. Dropped. It first of all back. Where it came from, it was stripped of all the high technology. It was filled with lesser advanced technology. It was brought to Earth, dropped here on purpose. Wow. Now, when this happened, it, it, it was made to look like an accident. So all the technology that was supposed to be developed, but could not be, would be would acquired be. over time. Distributed, no doubt, by yes. Colonel Corso and others. Yes, but the men in black were here to make sure that the United States was the only country that got the technology. That's why the men in black are here, to keep the Roswell technology from getting into other countries' hands. So the men in black favor, Originally. favor the United States. There's a reason for that. Which is? The, is it because we're so good? No, not really. Unfortunately, they would have to support you no matter what you did. And that is because the men in black are operating for the hierarchy. And the hierarchy are telling them to help to recreate the Roman Empire in the modern era on Earth. And it's been chosen that America shall be that equivalent. Well, I'll be doggone. We seem well on the way. Oh, yes, and not only that, uh, Richard Hoagland should be given some kind of medal of some kind. You mean beyond the angstrom? <laughs> yes, because uh, he has discovered the secret of everything. The secret is the 19.5. History is repeating itself every 19.5 centuries. Well, how could the men in black That's allow Richard, allow Richard... Uh -huh. to get this information out. I mean, wouldn't they normally walk in and grab him by his whiskers you, and dr You bet they would, but there is something that has happened that changes everything. 
And that is? The hierarchy has been taken over by a new leader. And she's decided that the, the information shall now be told to the world. And so, in other words, the mission of the men in black has actually been changed by, by her. Yes. And I can tell you all about it. If uh, we had some more time, there's, I can tell you, I can answer anything you need to know about the future or anything else. I can answer it. I can't possibly reject an offer like that. Any all right. Um, Nothing turned down. All right. Will the Men in Black budget allow you to hold on through the news? Money is no object. Money is no object. Hasn't been for a very long not. time. Uh, all, our, all these taxpayers out here know that. All right, then. Hold on. We'll be back with a man in black. The trip back in time continues with Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM. More Somewhere in Time coming up. Networks presents Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from August 8th, 1997. The first time caller line, what normally is, tonight is being reserved for Men in Black, Time Travelers, and anybody out there building a time machine. It is a multi-purpose line. And we have on our line right now a man in black who says money is no object. He can hang on. So I may even let the audience grill him, if he sounds good. We're going to get back to him in a moment. Well, I'll tell you, you can find anything on these phone lines, even men in black. Anyway, uh, I just got a fax. Art, here is the latest Koch fractal crop formation you mentioned. Photos should be on the Connector website soon. A number of other new formations as well, plus at least 38 new circles now in Holland as of 31 July. And that's from Paul Anderson, Director of Circles Phenomenon Research in Canada. Paul, if you know anything about this, this is apparently an answer. The news I've got here, which references of Peter Sorensen and Dr. Bruce Maccabee, is that we apparently have received an answer to a crop circle. This is something brand new. So anybody with definitive information, fax me your phone number, and I'll give you a call. My uh, fax number is area code 702-727-8499. 702-727-8499. And uh, this is absolutely fascinating. Can you imagine that, folks? We may have received an answer. In other words, we 
I guess created a crop circle uh, missing one piece or part, and there was an answer filling that in. Uh, that's absolutely incredible to uh, uh, to contemplate, isn't it? But it does look as though it has occurred. So uh, there you are. Let's see. What do I have to do? I know I've got something I've got to do. Uh, yes, I do. Here it is, and it's coming right up. And then we're going to get back to our man in black. And if I think he really sounds as good as he was sounding before the top of the hour, I may open the lines and let you ask him a question or two. <laughs> You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time, tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM, from the 8th of August, 1997. Back now to my man in black. Are you there? Stand by. Volume reduction, please. Okay. I had to get make sure the radio was down. Oh, I see. All right. Good. Okay. Uh, this other machine isn't bothering me, is it? Can you hear anything when, else? When, well, you know, it's funny. You said earlier you were going to turn that machine off. And it's and, on again. And it's on again. And there is a little background noise associated with the machine. Uh-huh. But it's tolerable. Now, okay. um, so there are men in black. Yes. And a they're ruled by a woman in black. Well, yeah, you could say that. I mean, she doesn't wear black all the time, but, you know, more or less. And the main job of the men in black yes. is to... Oh, you're asking me. Yeah, well, you're the <laughs> men in black, I mean... Right, well, uh, their main deal is is that they were... Let's see. The earliest creation of the men in black would have to go back to 1925. Oh. That was the year of the Leeds crash in Leeds, England. Do you know anything about a UFO crash at Leeds, England in 1925? I, I do recall something about that, yes. All right. There was this major crash. And believe it or not, that uh, is where uh, the world here, anyhow, gets television from. Uh, there wasn't much else left on that crash. It could be derived from it. But you're, you are aware of the so-called alien autopsy or the Ray Santilli film. I certainly am. I've seen it. Yes. I saw it about 11 years ago. Uh, actually, I was seeing it in this time, but uh, that's another story. Uh, the alien autopsy, I've seen a color print of it. It was taken two weeks after Pearl Harbor on December the 21st, 1941. It was taken, I think, somewhere near London. Really? And it was uh, of the aliens from the 1925 Leeds crash. Now, how that got leaked out and got Roswell stamped on, I'll never know. Because the Roswell creatures, if you want to call them that, so we won't reveal too much. Oh, what the heck. Uh, the Roswell uh, creatures were actually human fetuses that were taken from Earth uh, about the turn of the century. Oh, my. And they were grown on the, well, this planet. I suppose you ever heard of it, the planet Lanulos. Say and that again, the planet? The planet Lanulos. Lanulos. Yes, it's in the constellation Taurus. All right. And they, um, it's about... Let's see how far is that. It's about 400 light years, but they can get here in about 20 minutes. A hundred years ago, it took about an hour, so it's been a few improvements. I can see that. Uh, at any rate, there's no time dilation or anything. They use inverted relativism and a quantum distortion field. It's very simple stuff, really. Anyhow, the crash in 1925 in Leeds, England. Yes. It was not 
from Lanulos. It was someone from another solar system that had no business being here. Well, everything, the technological thing was thrown off a little bit. Earth people were finding out a little too much. So the hierarchy got to thinking. Ah, in other words, uh, an infusion of some technology was all right, but it was beginning to occur too quickly. Yes, and then they ah. got the idea... The men in black. Well, we want to recreate the Roman Empire in the, in the modern world on Earth, but we need it to be precisely correct. And then somebody got to thinking, I got the great idea. Why don't we uh, scratch Rome, redo Atlantis? Atlantis had technology, so why don't we just make America like Atlantis then? And that's, that's what they've been doing very hard. And, and, and one humorous note, and... Uh, was what Teddy Roosevelt did in 1898. Uh, you'll recall Teddy Roosevelt and the Rough Riders going to Cuba in 1898. Yes. <laughs> Has anyone out there noticed that this is an almost precise duplication of Roman events 19.5 centuries earlier when Julius Caesar invaded Britain in the 50s B.C.? And going back to your comments uh, with yeah. respect to Richard Hoagland, uh, oh, yeah. he is then, in a way, an ally of the men in black. He, he probably doesn't realize it, but see, that raises a good question. There is a lot of possibilities with Richard Hoagland. Could he have, in fact, been contacted somehow and remembers it and just isn't saying because he thought, think it might ruin his career? Uh, could it be that he's contacted and is made to forget it? but not the information. Richard Hoagland, with regard to his career, yes. is obviously fearless. Oh, yes. I mean, we've proven that. Oh, yes. Uh, he is very good at this. Now, now, early on, he was a little scary. I remember years ago, he scared me a lot because of the rapid rate he was developing. And it wasn't that I was afraid of his information, or he, personally, I wasn't even afraid of it coming out to the world. So if Richard had begun to move too fast... Early on. They, the men in black certainly would have had to slow him down. You know, it's funny. If they had been doing their job, unfortunately for him, he wouldn't even have been alive years ago. But they were so busy deteriorating that they couldn't do what they were supposed to do. And he was able to go on and do his thing. And uh, when we got the new... Uh, Supreme Commandant in Onlanulo. Supreme Commandant? That's English. That's the closest English translation. Oh, I understand. Uh, you're, you're, you're trying to put, put this out in a way that we can all grasp. Yeah, maybe Supreme Commander, but Commander has other connotations, like uh, lower rank people can be called Commanders, or even a Captain would be above them. All right. For example, did I tell you what my rank I was? Oh, you did not, but I'm certainly curious. Mission commander, and very recently, just uh, May twenty, well, was it May twenty seventh of this year? Congratulations. Uh, I didn't. I I really didn't want it. I'm I'm one of the few of them that uh, apparently uh, gets merit, loyalty merits by uh, supposedly acting like they don't deserve the promotion. But in my rare exception, I really didn't want it because when you get promoted, you have more responsibilities. See. Is, is, is there a choice? I mean... Oh, no, absolutely not. So you really couldn't have... Now, and you can turn it down the first time. Then you have one cut-ton to... to, to uh, that obviously is a measure of time. Uh, yes, it's like the Mayan calendar, but the scientists that translate the Mayan calendar really have it all wrong. A cut-ton is not 20 years, like they say. It's really 5.4223 years. That's roughly rounding it off. 
Well, I must say you've got your act together. I would like to expose you to some of my audience. Absolutely. Any, and any time you want to take a pause from that and answer, ask me a question about the future, you know, anything in general. In other words, you could literally tell us anything about the future? You, you would be surprised. I uh, bet I would. I'm surprised. Later on, later on, I'll tell you something. Later on, if I forget it, remind me. What is the president doing with the timeline recordings? Now, I'll save that little nugget for later. Timeline recordings. Uh, it's a long story. I see. Uh, all right. Let let me put you in touch with some of our audience. Uh, East of the Rockies, you're on the air with uh, my man in black. Yeah, this is a uh, Dave from Gary, Indiana. Hi, Dave. How you doing? Well, I'm all right. Yeah, we're kind of shocked tonight. Um, the question I have is, uh, what does the Phoenix incident have to do with all this, or does it have anything to do with all this? I'm glad you asked. Uh, Man in Black? Ma Man in Black? Where'd he go? Oh, we lost our Man in Black. He dropped off, huh? Oh, no, I did it when I came to you. Damn. He was good. Ooh. He was I hope we can get him back. Doggone it. Doggone it anyway. Um, I forgot to push. See, I've got to push a conference button unless I've got a special guest set up. And he just came in, you know, roaring in on my oh, line. Yeah. And, oh, man. I hope he, I he calls back because I'd, I'd be real curious to see what Phoenix is all about. Total that. bummer. All right, look. Um. When he calls back, I, I'm confident he will. It may be a while. I will ask that question for you. All Great, right. I appreciate it. Oh, man. You see, normally when I have a guest, I put them on a very special line and then put a VIP lock on that line. Oh, I can't believe I did that. And on the line he was on, I could have conferenced him with other callers, but I screwed up. Oh, man, he was the best man in black so far, too. On my combo line, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, this is, uh, guess who? Oh, you made it back. Oh, man, you don't know what I, do you realize what I thought was going on? Uh, actually, I am suspicious of the fact that you were able to get back in at all. Oh, that well, I know, I can explain this. That alone indicates a technology far surpassing that of the average caller. Yes, and uh, that machine was not what helped me do it. The machine, although I'm starting to wonder about it, is nothing more than a mere uh, vacuum compression unit. All right. On, on behalf... all, what do you call it, an air conditioner? I, yeah. That's all it is. I was just turning it off occasionally. So I it see. Make a noise. All right, well, all right, that's very honest of you, Mr. Have you got the right Mib. button this time there? I, I do. Uh, oh. Now, but I am... Yeah. So I was so disappointed. The, the man, yeah, I really the man, was afraid that somebody somewhere was coming after me on that one. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the man asked about Phoenix. I heard now, that just a little bit. Of now, now, the Phoenix lights are one of the most confusing, yes. um, hotly debated uh, things in recent times. Can you tell us what you know about the Phoenix lights? I know everything about them. I just don't know where to start. Where, where would you have me start? Well... How about, what the hell was it? Okay, it was a, a carrier. A carrier? Yes, it, it's got these things inside of it. Um, small scout craft, you might say. I'm trying to translate this into English, it's quite difficult. But... It had, in other words, it, it, just like 
from the, our terrestrial movie ID4. It could have... Oh, no, like that. No, 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 no. No? Well, you said it had smaller scout craft, and yeah, I yeah, remember yeah, the motherships in ID4 had but scout ID4, craft. But you know, in ID4, they were so large. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I'm thinking, no, not that large. So, but, but the answer is, yes. it was definitely a craft. Oh, yes, and, and it was as big as big as they think it was. It, it was uh, kilometers to... Let's see here. Um, let's see, what is the translation? I think you'd say about one and a half kilometer. Why Phoenix? Oh boy, I knew you was going to answer that. Yes. Ask, ask that. That's the answer. Yes. Uh, Phoenix. I'm so glad somebody brought that up, or it could have missed me on that. Skip my mind, or whatever you want to call it. Sooner or later, the truth has to come out. Right. It might as well be now. This is good. Let's do it right here on the radio. This is the twelfth year of the new age, so it's as good as time as any. It's about time. The people need to know. It's a real doozy. All right. Uh, it starts, and I'll, I'll make a 30-second intro of the explanation and All right. get to the main part. All right. The second-level question. Okay. It begins in 1947. The Roswell crime. Right. Now, you know how that... You know, happen and all that. I don't have to go through any of that. I know we're, everybody listening knows about it. We've already done it, yes. Right. Been there, done that. Um, I could go into great detail, but, you know, please, some please other time. Yes. Okay. It was a, um, see, it was a kind of an earlier model of a scout craft. The main craft crashed in Paradise Valley to the north of Phoenix. And that, too, was staged. It was all staged. Really? The thing going over, uh, uh oh, hold on a minute. No, we're gotta here. Turn, we're here. Gotta turn that machine back on the air. Humidity is too high in here. It'll affect this equipment. All right. Reactualize. Uh, yes, okay. I, I can hear it. All right. All right. Continue. Now, got my cappuccino here. Gotta stay awake now. All right, now. I sense you're stalling here. Oh, no, 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 really. I'm, I'm trying to put it in the proper order. The Paradise Valley crash of 1947. Yes, right? yes. That was staged, and it there there was a survivor on it, although she is the one that is controlling the men in black now, although she was a lower-ranking official at that time. And she was sent here to deliver a message to Earth about the New Age and everything. How... You know, in short, we'd better get it all together before 1986 or it's all over. And she was thoroughly rejected, as was her message, even though she met with the Majestic and it didn't do any good. All right, you, but you, you digress. We want to know uh -huh. why Phoenix. Oh, you're asking why Phoenix? Yeah, why Phoenix? The as, Phoenix as lights or Phoenix in general? Uh, why have this craft appear above Phoenix? I mean, it just, oh, yeah. to a lot of people, it seems mm -hmm. very it, strange that uh, a craft like this would appear above a major uh -huh. metropolitan area. The reason is, they're trying to tell you that Phoenix is very important for the future. They're also trying to remind you, they're, they're trying to, let me see if I can put this in your proper words, they're doing it at the time that they did it. Because on March 13th, yes, to us, on Earth, you might think, it means nothing. But on their calendar that they're using, it means it was the first day of a particular month that they were using on their calendar. They chose that particular time to come here 
and try, might sort of like remind people that Phoenix needs to be looked at again. And when later in time, when the correct number of decades have passed, there will be new information revealed when the government declassifies it about the Paradise Valley crash of 47. People will look at this and they'll say, yes, they were trying to remind us to look back at Phoenix. They're trying to get you to look at it so you will discover the earlier stuff. Well, I'm not sure that I'm fully satisfied with that answer. Oh, there's I, more. There's much more. There's got to be a second level. Yes, there, there's many. I just don't, I mean, when it, when it comes to Phoenix, there there is a, um, there is a certain level of something that I can't really say, but I, I may be able to reveal it, but uh, I'm concerned what, what people will say. But uh, I'll say it anyway. Do, do, I guess I'll just tell it all. Please, because I mean, we really, uh, the people of Phoenix... There's have, no point. There's no, after all, like I said, there's no point in holding back any longer. Then let's let's have it. The truth of the matter is, Phoenix is being prepared to be one of the provincial capitals of Earth. Oh, my God. Really? The hierarchy is here doing it, and the men in black are trying to... Well, never mind, they're trying to cover up what the hierarchy is doing. The women in black are working very hard on this. There'll be a day when the Earth is split into provincial zones, and Phoenix will be one of the capitals. And in that time, they're going to arrange to... Ha by that time, a little after that time, there'll be some things discovered on Mars which will take us and explain uh, the world of Atlantis in that time, and you will be able to find out about things from the time of Atlantis. So in other words, all of this is in some way connected to Phoenix, that is yeah. going to be a new capital. No, it'll be a provincial capital. A prov excuse me. A, a sub-capital. A sub-capital. Then Washington will eventually, the plan is to move the capital of Washington officially to Helsinki, Finland. Really? Yes. But Washington will continue on as a quasi-important place. You know, even the British Empire is not existing anymore, but London is still important in its own way. Is the is the compensation pay whatever it is you get for being a man in black good? Very. Very? Uh, one, one would expect so, particularly with your rank. All right, hold on a moment. We'll be right back. This is Premier Networks. That was Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM on this Somewhere in Time. take you back to the past on Art Bell Somewhere in Time. Well, I've got a, a nib, a man in black, and well, I'm going to let him answer a few more questions. And then 
We're going to talk to a guy who says he manufactures and distributes time machines. <laughs> oh, my. Now, we take you back to the past on Art Bell Somewhere in Time. Here we go. Our man in black is back. Are you there? I'm here. All right. Uh, we're going to have to ask you some rapid-fire questions because we got a time machine guy waiting. All right? Okay. Uh, first of all, uh, somebody wants to know, what are crop circles? Oh, my. Crop circles? Yes. They are intended for the time being. <clears throat> all they want you to do is just copy them all down. Whatever you do... Make sure you get a record of these things in their entirety. Get them in the correct order that they appeared in. Yes. And store them somewhere to where you can get to them later. So what you're saying is later, at some point when we have enough of them stored in sequence, they'll all make sense. No. No? But, but when, when, when you get the information brought back from, um, uh, I guess I can say it, Cydonia, you will have the ability to put it all together. Then. Oh, my God. And I, I can tell you what year it is if you were interested. Please. Um, let's see. That would be dating from 2012 to, you know, you'll get part of it before the revolution, but you'll have to wait till after 2021 for the rest of Excuse it. Excuse me, revolution? Oh, yeah. There's going to be a revolution? Uh, well, yeah. When? It begins in the year 2019. And the revolution is... No, 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 2018. 2018. Yeah, August, I think. No, September the 15th. September the 15th. 2018. And the revolution is going to be? Be what? Well, I mean, is it an, uh, you're talking about a revolution in America, worldwide, yeah, yeah, a cosmic, or what? It's just in America. It's, it's nothing much. It's just where you have about four presidents in one year. It's nothing serious, really. It's resolved when you get a Canadian... Uh, enforcement uh, group that comes down and reorganizes the government. It's nothing really serious. You mean the it. Canadians come down and take control? Oh, no, it's okay. Oh, God, every fear I ever had is coming true. They're part of the U.S. by then. You see, that World War III is really tied into the revolution here. <laughs> World War III? You mean oh, there's yeah, but don't worry about it. It's not as bad as it sounds. It's, it, well, uh... All right. Uh, look, we're short on time here, so uh, Wildcard Line, you're on the air uh, with my man in black. Hello. Are you, are you there? Yeah. Can I use my chat room handle? Uh, well, yeah, sure. Yeah, this is Jamay here in Houston. And All black. right. Uh, I always want to say hi to everybody in the chat room for one thing, but like, I was wondering if your guests knew anything about what was going to happen in the year 2000 on May the 5th. Well, that would be the planetary alignment. Well, I didn't want to tell him that. Oh, okay. Well, all right. I I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, he already knows that he's, he's a man in black. Uh, all right, so how about it? Uh, well, all that really is going to happen is there's going to be a magnetic fluctuation and the um, polar uh, magnetic alignment thing. Yes. And it's going to be pretty intense. But the interesting thing is, is that on that date, yes. there's going to be a convenient solar flare. And oh. when this solar flare happens, uh, the government is going to explain it as just a solar flare, so don't worry about it. 
And meanwhile, they're going to have everything monitoring this. They're going to, well, that's they're going to cover they, it up until after the revolution. That's after. what they said last time. They said it's just a solar flare. Don't worry about it. In the rough. last time? Yeah. The, well, we had one. Not long. East of the Rockies, you're on the air with my man in black. Hello. Hello, Art. This is Greg from Pittsburgh. Yes. Uh, you had interviewed a man who wrote a book on the men in black, and he had said, told a story on how the men in black killed uh, Barney Hill. And I want to know if it's true, and if it is true, why did they take him out? Well, I, I seem to recall a story about a penny or some change Correct. that was in his hand, and they didn't kill him. They threatened They did not kill the doctor, but they said if... They, you they said, this, we'll no, 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 stop, stop. What they said, what they made the, the, the coins in his hand literally disintegrate, uh, and then they said, this could happen to your heart. Oh. And this is what we did to Barney Hill. Yeah, and, oh, that's, I guess they did say that, yes. Uh, so what about it, MIB? Um, yeah, I even know the guy that said that and did that. He's Commander Cronar. So that is a an absolutely legit story. Unfortunately, yeah, that was in the old days when they were when they thought they could gain some kind of control through the CIA of America. All right, listen, we've got to leave it there. But I really, really appreciate your call, uh, and you are my. Go. I'd like to give you my number off the air. Uh, well, we, I'm the only one here. We, I don't have the facility to do that. You can fax it to me or email it to me, though. No, I can't use those uh, things because there may be a monitoring on the situation. In that case, call me after I'm off the air. Do you want to know what Clinton is doing with your uh, timeline thing? Oh, you're damn right I do. He is taking it every morning after the timeline, and he's, his experts are reversing it to see if they can hear reversals in the voice of the timeline callers to find out about the future. What? Are, are you afraid of David Oates? No. Why, why should I be? So, if I were to sick David Oates on what you've just done, you wouldn't be in fear? That's funny you should ask that. I was informed to ask you to do just that. In other words, you have no fear at all of being reversed. I have. I, not only do I have nothing to hide, but uh, as the years go on, uh, there is much more that I'm going to reveal. I may, I may write a book, even. Wow. Uh, it needs to be gotten out. All right. As possible audience. All right. MIB, thank you. Thank and, you very uh, con much. Contact me off the air with your phone number, and we will uh, we will pursue you. Well, that was pretty cool. A man in black. Kind of sounded like he had his act together, didn't he? I don't know. West of the, the Rockies, uh, you're on the air. Um, hello there. The radio's turned down. That's good. Uh, you claim, claim that you that you are the manufacturer and distributor of time machines. Indeed, Mr. Bell. We've we've spoken a few times in the past. I've never revealed what it is that I do exactly. I'd like to call myself the founder for the purposes of our phone call. This evening. All right, I, I'll try and remember that, the founder. The founder is a good way to go for now, although it may become more public in the future. Now, my, my time machines have a limited amount of history. They've been operating uh, nationally and internationally for six years. Um, they were first developed in 1991 in Colorado, and they were first distributed in Boulder. Really? And you can now find people with my time machines in Boulder, in Phoenix, 
in Phoenix it figures. California, uh, in, in San Francisco, Santa Cruz, down in uh, Los Angeles, as well as up in Eugene. Why don't we? Why don't we hear about them? Well, uh, some things that are going to be around a long time. Um, they don't uh, take from uh, prominent stature for uh, for a period of time. How much is your machine? Well, um, that, that I have be. distributed 60,000 of these machines, okay. one at a time, over the planet in the last six years, ranging at a cost of uh, from 100 to free. You, um, 100, $100? $100 for, for the, the biggest, most intricate, and uh, free for some of the smaller ones. I am creating a foundation. What called, kind of time machine could you get for free? Well, um... One to help you, if you'll recall, Art Bell, back uh, last year I spoke to you and I said, I have some information to send to you about how people cope with time. I, you, yes, I do remember that. You remember that. But, but well, I, I have a hard time contemplating any you machine. You never forget the truth. So when somebody says something like that, that's the truth and they believe it, just like John Oates would say. You bet. That's why you remember it. Yeah, but I mean free, I mean a piece of cardboard, what could it be for free? Well, what I have is a device. It's handheld and yes. operable by any person with hands, and actually there's people without hands that have them as well. But just to prove me, you know, uh, uh, if I say just hands, then of course the people with no hands are going to take offense. So is it is it basically an electronic device? It may involve electric type energies, but our understanding of energy is kind of limited at this point. Um, like, for instance, the energy that makes our mind work. You know, we can measure it, but we haven't quantified it. Um, let me say this. My devices um, um, embody balance, unity, harmony, contrast, and order, as yes. well as torque, cycle, process, friction, and leverage to enable a person to either go forward with their thoughts or yes. go backwards with their thoughts. And, and I, I realize that you specified in the time machine line, you know, only physical devices that transport people. That's why I called in on a different line. In other words, your time machine is a mental um, adjunct. It's a, it's a physical object. It is a handheld thing with moving parts interlocked into a combination that creates a frame of reference yes. that is in excess of what we currently understand. I'm going to pop a, a phrase here that I've never heard anybody except me discuss. And right. here it is. It's CPT, Cyclical Process Technologies. They are going to change the way people look at time because when you're standing in line or you're in traffic or you're on the bus or you're no. downloading from your computer, right. circumstances are beyond your control. Yes. And all people want in the world, especially is in traffic, when you're behind somebody doing about forty in the forty-five zone, you know. In a geo. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. I've been listening for a while. Um, you know. Um, I, can, I can tell. Yeah, and and I, I I could get in every night, literally. I can prove it to you. I mean, I go seven nights in a row if you want me to. But I, I don't do. like nasty cracks about geos. That's something I should tell you up front. I, I, well, I knew that, and that's kind of why I said it. Just as a little, but I took it back right away. I was just kidding. I don't have any problem with geos. They're a good car, uh, as far as the internal combustion engine is concerned. You know, but uh, really, we need to get beyond Fine. that, in my opinion. Fine. So now here's the thing, Art. There's listeners to your show that recognize my voice, and they know exactly who I am, and they know because they have the machine in their pocket right now, standing behind the counter at the convenience store, sitting in the gas station in Las Vegas, right there, right on Monaco Boulevard. Or, you know, they're, they're all over. They're all over the place. 
people will confirm my stories over a period of time. That's fine. Because they'll recognize my voice. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Pattern. That's fine. I oh. want to send you one of my machines, and uh, it could, yes. it could um, allow you to take control over some of the things that you've been working on for a while. All right. Um, how how much difference in function is there between one that you would give away for free, something I find hard to believe, and one that costs a hundred bucks? Well. Uh, it has to do with intricacy, and it has to do with uh, the method of operation. In the cyclical process technology realm, I have developed over 30 different devices that allow a person through mind over matter to achieve the passage of time. All right, well, here's the thing. I have always worried about this with time travel, and that is that if you were to go way back into the past or way up into the future, there is no guarantee that you would not materialize inside something like a mountain uh, or where a building once was or in the middle of a building, God help you, uh, or something awful like that. And it seems to me that a free device is more likely to scatter you in that fashion. And for a hundred bucks, it's worth making sure that you you know land in a in a relatively safe place. Well, let me say it's it's not so much the physical displacement. That that is is um, okay. If if I'm utilizing one of my devices and, yes. I, and I choose to um, um, slip into a, a dimension that is not the same as as the one that we physically occupy, uh, yes. made up by material atoms and whatnot. Yes. When when I go there, I am not seeking to go to a specific place. I'm seeking to get away from the place that I'm at. Okay. So that is where the paradigm is different for me from most other time machine people. You'll have a lot of people call in that say they built something in their backyard. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, the real, real brief, this is the longest I've ever been on the air, and frankly, I'm amazed that you've let me on this long, although I realize what I'm saying is shocking and almost uh, it's revelatory in nature. It is. Um, let, me, let me say this. In 1990, I was riding my bike, okay, Art, yeah. and my chain broke. And when I put the new chain on my bike, yes. I had a couple extra links because it wasn't quite long enough to, uh, or it was a little bit too long, pardon me, and, and I had the extra links. I put them in my pocket. I went off to my meeting, yes. delayed and, and frustrated. And when I got to the meeting, I reached in my pocket and I started playing with these couple links of chain. Now, just bear with me one second here. I took the, uh, the two links, one pin link in the middle, so you have two pins, and then you mm -hmm. have four rollers, right. so four roller links. And I attached a key ring in through the middle of both of the roller links. So it created an object that I called a fidget. There, I've said the word fidget. Now, these fidgets, as you move it back and forth, it will never break, wear out, or fail. It yes. will work the same for everybody, regardless of age, national uh, creed, religion. And I'll guarantee you that in the next coming weeks, you will get calls from fidget holders all over the country and maybe even all over the world, because I have sent them to 30 different countries. Well, all right. What? The fidget, then, is actually the device that allows this to occur. Is that correct? Absolutely. It's the first cyclical process technology object that will not break, fail, or wear out in a given lifetime. Fine. Then what is a $100 fidget? I mean, I can now understand why a fidget would be basically inexpensive. Uh, is your $100 fidget gold-plated or something, or what? Well, picture, picture a flexible structure that can lay flat, can curl up into a ball, Yes. can change into any form or shape at will as the commander commands the, the thing to do, as you manipulate it with your hand. And then as you look at the object, 
as you receive the light impulses that come off of them, it's quite soothing to your mind. You're able to relax and lose track of time, which enables you to get out of the painful time and move into, hopefully, a pleasurable time. And uh, What I have asked you, though, you did not answer. I, I apologize. What? what uh, in other words... Uh, it is a very simple device you have described. Labor-intensive. Labor-intensive. It is, it is the amount of work that I have to put into it. A little fidget, I can make 60 of them an hour. It's changed my whole economic picture. All right, I walk into a bike store, I get Fine, the whole... But, but I, I, I want to know what is the difference between a free fidget and a $100 fidget. Well, the $100 fidget specifically that I was thinking of when I said that yes. um, took me 12 hours to build. The $1 fidget took me... 15 seconds. All right, that clears it up for me. I, I, I appreciate your call, and uh, I'm going to now listen for others who are fidget holders and who can confirm or deny your story. I mean, you said I will hear from many, many people who have these fidgets, and uh, we, we'll see. What a night. All right, we're going to break here. I've been asked to play this by so many people. I love this thing. You know what it is, don't you? The theme from the movie Top Gun. Listen to the reference to a secret place in time. It's right in, doesn't it? The trip back in time continues with Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM. More Somewhere in Time coming up. Somewhere in Time, tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from the 8th of August, 1997. Good morning, everybody. We are back. Might have time. 
we're doing more or less nothing. <laughs> it's Friday night, Saturday morning, and I'm sort of laying back. Now, look, we've got one special line open for weirdness. Well, heightened weirdness. How about that? It's normally our first-time caller line, but tonight it is reserved for people in the following categories. Men in black. We've already had several. Time travelers, or those in possession of a time travel machine. <laughs> Otherwise, anything you want to talk about is fair game. And we will get back to all of this, uh, wherever it is we're going, in a moment. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight, featuring Coast to Coast AM, from the 8th of August, 1997. There are new photographs on my website, including one of Daniel Brinkley when he was here, Richard Hoagland when he was here, Mr. 19.5, uh, photographs of mundane things like our garden, our very proud garden here at the house. Uh, but most of all, there is a photograph. My wife took it. I give her full credit. I merely scanned it. Probably the most unusual photograph that I've ever seen. That we may even submit it to National Geographic or something. It occurred when the storms were here, and there was a large double rainbow. It was beautiful, beautiful. And suddenly, there was a gigantic bolt of lightning, and my wife was using ASA 400 film, and no time, what do they call it, uh, a time exposure, she just went out there and clicked the camera, and she happened to catch this incredible double rainbow with a bolt of lightning going right through it. It is one of the most remarkable photographs I've ever seen. You'll see a little portion of my property there. And it is simply a one... It's like hitting the lottery or something. God, what a beautiful photograph that is. Take a look. I would very much like to know what you think of it. That's up there. All kinds of new stuff on the website. Uh, including the Pear Ink software that we talked about last night. We've got that up on our website now. Anyway, uh, one other item, and then it's back to the phones, and that is I'm going to be on TV this Sunday at 7 o'clock Pacific Time, WTBS, or TBS, the Super Station. It's a program called Topics, and they were here filming for hours. Generally, um, I found that CNN was here, and I found that they film for hours, and then they use only minutes. It's going to be a one-hour program on conspiracies in America, old and new. And I would suspect some of you might be actually heard, because they were recording call-ins when we did a show on this very topic, why people distrust the government. And so, I have, look, I have no idea what they've done. I just know... In all likelihood, you will see my shiny face, and you may even hear yourself. So, I don't know. 7 o'clock Pacific, obviously, would be um, uh, 10 o'clock uh, Eastern on WTBS. And I understand it's going to be repeated at 11.50 p.m. Pacific on Sunday, or about 
what, 2.50 in the morning. Um, that would be actually Monday morning, Eastern time. That's WTBS, so you might want to take a look. Uh, first time caller line, uh, actually, man, uh, YMIB line, young man in black line, you're on the air. Good evening. Good evening. Morning, actually. Morning, Morning in, yes. mostly. Uh, you are a young man in black? Yes, sir. You're going to have to speak up. Okay, how's that? Oh, uh, that's better. Get close to your phone. Okay. All right. Um, how young are you? Uh, 24. That is young. Yeah. For a job with this kind of weighty... Uh, it's not. It's not that intense. It's. It isn't. No. It certainly is for those of us who have to see you. Well, you know, I. I, I mean, if you if you if you attach that stigma to it, and uh, you don't consider it a stigma to go around freaking people out. Well, I think that's that's only one small portion of what oh. they and and I do say they in so much as it is not a singular unit with only one task. You mean men in black do good stuff, like helping old ladies across the street, going to bake sales, that sort of thing? or? Well, imagine your, your first caller this evening, yes. the first man in black. Yes. His entire operations, his entire servitude is based on uh, auditing, saying what should we do, what should we not do. Well, he said he was not exactly a man in black, but an auditor, he called himself, and he he, he, he said the men in black, uh, those without lips, you know, the really horrible ones, were getting old and rickety. And he himself falls into the category of... Getting old and rickety. Yeah, and also the second one... Only also... a 24-year-old would say that. Well... So, all right, so look, <laughs> as, as a young man in black... What do you consider the next generation of uh, men in black, a, a, a generation X or man in black, I guess, huh? Well, what is your job? How does it differ from the men in black of old? Well, it has to do with operations protocol. Okay. The actual mechanism by which we interface with this tangible reality, the uh, material, consequential reality, we call it. Yeah. The older generation were using what we call SOPs. Service Operations Protocol. Their entire function is to fulfill obligation, to be given an objective and then to fulfill that objective. Just like a robot? Uh, a, a very sophisticated biological right. robot. Okay, fine. Without lips? Well, I, I, don't, I, I don't... I mean, I think the ones without lips were very, very early insectoids. And, that, and by the time they realized, in fact... In there, that was an interesting insectoids, you said? Yes. What you said? Insectoids. And so you are now a later, much later breed of man in black. And how has the mission changed? In other words, what do you do today that they did not do then? Or Okay. I am what we call a POP, and it's a pleasure operations protocol. It's not a service-orientated. I'm a free, supported, biological entity. I don't have to be part of a hive. I don't have to be part of a collective. I also use non-axiomatic biointerface protocols, which means that I don't have a series of lists, like a service-orientated unit has a task and then has a series of, of, of axiomatic protocols which allow it to accomplish its task. I don't have that. And many of the young generations, even the young generation... Well, you called yourself a pup. It makes you sound like a gigolo. A gigolo? Well, pleasure-oriented what? 
protocol. Ple- Pro- pleasure operations protocol. It means the fundamental circuit of my cognitive dynamic is to give myself give, pleasure. Give, give yourself pleasure? Yes. God, the man in black protocol thing has really gone... Well, I guess it's consistent with the rest of society right now. That's all I've got to say. Well, it's... Mm, in order for the, the, the new hybrid protocols to take effect, they implant different protocols in different beings across different planets, different uh, areas of different planets, different civilizations, and they say, what is the most effective operations protocol? Almost as if you were designing an artificial intelligence and saying, what is the best way to do this? Should we give one that can only follow commands and then we have to continually give it commands? Or should we give one and tell it, please yourself. Entity, here you have existence. Here you have sentience. Please yourself. What do you do to please yourself? I don't want to know. Um, I, I, I Look, I appreciate your call, but I think I understand where it's leading. And if that's really where the men in black have gone, then truly we are doomed. Uh, if your only reason for being is to pleasure yourself in whatever unsaid way we might imagine that occurs, then the whole men in black thing is, I don't know, it's just not what I imagined it to be. And I'm afraid to say that you're not much different than the rest of the generation your age. Now, there was somebody earlier, you'll recall, who said the ultimate goal was turn, uh, to turn America into Rome. So it may well be that this YMIB is one of the new Romans. Uh, we're going to uh, take a stab at the international line here. You're on the air. Hello. Hey. Hi. Well, he's gone. Uh, west of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hello, Art Bell? Yes. Can you hear me? I hear you. Uh, my name is Wotakashi. I sent you a tape, uh, oh, about a year and a half ago about Hellbop. That's a long time. Uh, yes, it has. Uh, anyway, what I wanted to tell you is, uh, I, I made some prophecies at that time. I'm a Native American. Yes, sir. And I made some prophecies at that time. I was an air uh, about, one was uh, about uh, a volcano around you up in your area, but it, all you had up there was a earthquake under the day I said it would be. No, we have no new, uh, I haven't noticed any uh, volcanoes here. No, they had an earthquake underneath one up in, uh, up in uh, around Reno. Well, you couldn't exactly call that a hit. No, I wouldn't call that a hit. But uh, I tried to call earlier. Uh, I told the guys, uh, uh, the man in white. Oh, I, I, uh, no, man, man, man in black. Uh. Yeah, I told him I was the man in white, but uh, I got hung up on. But uh, Well, that's because we were looking for men in black. I, well, I didn't call on that line. I called on a different line. I see. <laughs> uh, well, I, you know, there's nobody to hang up on you because I'm the only one here. Uh, well, that must have been a, the phone here then. I'm, I'm, I can't hardly hear you, but uh, uh, what I was trying to call about was uh, 19.5 in the book of Genesis. Yes. Uh, what that was about was the first time uh, 
the angels came down and uh, ju made a judgment. They warned Lot and his wife. Then again in 19.5 in the book of Psalms, it talks about the king's chamber, and it talks about uh, uh, in the Egypt. valley of the sun. Mm. Possibly Phoenix. So uh, I, I think Mr. Hoagland ought to check out... Uh, Practicing some geometry, which is ancient Hebrew mysticism. All right, well, he's, look, he's working very, very hard on exactly that sort of thing. He always does. The connection between Egypt, Sidonia, and Phoenix. I still don't properly understand what is to occur. I never have really understood it. It's probably a third-level question. But I never really have understood exactly what is supposed to occur in Phoenix. I, that's one thing I've just never been clear on. Phoenix, Phoenix, Phoenix. Of course, there were the lights. But what else? It, you know, I have this feeling that something else is going to occur in Phoenix. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, Bill. Hello. Um, I heard something interesting today on Lifestyle Magazine. about our what, what magazine? It's a news show. I've never heard of the program before in my life. Right, same here. Um, Ed Begley Jr. was on there, and he basically went over the same things that um, Colonel Ed Dames did, but he was not an No, it's Major Ed Dames. Major Ed Dames, excuse yes. me. Mm -hmm. Well, I had a, a doctor on last night. Uh, did you hear him, Dr. Holland? Yes, I did. Who uh, literally verified uh, that remote viewing is absolutely a genuine discipline. Yes. And I'm sure a lot of people are thinking real hard about that tonight in view of what Major Dames has said. Yes. But he, ver I mean, Ed Begley verified, you know, with the frogs, global warming, uh -huh. and the fish problem, Yep. that um, he's not an alarmist. You know, it's not the end of the world. But things are changing very rapidly. No kidding. And, you know, as your book says. So. Well, I wrote that book when I knew it was coming. Uh, we are now in the middle of it. The book I wrote, and this is getting serious for a moment, on a night that I'm otherwise trying to stay fairly light, the quickening is a very, very, very serious work. And it is now generally available in bookstores across America. What I recommend you try first, you can try any bookstore, really, but Barnes & Noble, generally. Barnes & Noble, Superstores, Bookstar, Bookstop, B. Dalton's, Borders Books, Walden Books, you get the idea. Go in and ask for it. It's called The Quickening, and... I am not a prophet, but I saw it coming. And now it has begun. I guess in a way it was underway when I wrote it, or I could not have seen it. But the process since the publication of the book has accelerated. And uh, the book looks forward enough that it encompasses the present time we're in and looks forward and tells you where we're going. I recommend you pick it up and read it. Uh, wild card line, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, this is Matt in Memphis. Yes, sir. Um, as far as David John Oates is saying, yes, and connecting that with your theory about computer sentience, 
What if you did reversals on a speech synthesizer and you actually got something backwards? Well, according to David Oates, a speech synthesizer, and I've got one of them here, um, does not uh, in any way prevent reversals. We proved that when we reversed Victor. I mean, something just to compute. Oh, you mean, a, you, you mean a computer voice? Yeah. Well, there would be no emotion, so there couldn't be any reversal. But if it was a sentient computer, like maybe the HAL 9000... Oh, if it was a sentient computer. Like what you were saying, the sentient Internet. And if they oh, were a very good point. to speak, well, you mm -hmm. might get something. Yeah, probably stuff like, humans die soon. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I get the idea. Thank you very much. Reversing a sentient computer. You would want to listen carefully to what a sentient computer would say forwards first, wouldn't you? Imagine reversing a sentient computer. Things like humans die soon. Too many humans. Or perhaps it would be more metaphoric. Who knows? East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, Mr. Bell. This is Mark down in San Antonio. Yes, sir. Um, I just wanted to call you, and I know I was listening a couple weeks ago uh, to Major Ed Danes, or maybe about a week ago, and you were talking about how um, the jet stream would be bottoming out in certain places. Yes. And, well, um, down, I was watching the news, and they said in Corpus Christi, Texas, we had a 180-mile-per-hour wind gust. What? 180-mile-per-hour wind gust. When? Um, I believe it was this week. 180 miles an hour in Corpus Christi? Yes, sir, down the coast. Uh, that should have taken buildings down all over the place. Um, well, I mean, I heard it on the weather channel, so I, didn't, I don't... No, for sure. Are you sure about that? Yes, um, it was on Channel 3. I don't know if I can say that on the air. Yeah, you can say it. Yeah, sure. It was uh, John Willing. Uh, the weatherman said there was 180-mile-per-hour wind gust. My God. I don't It could have been very localized, so I don't, I'm not sure. I appreciate uh, the information. Thank well, you. Sure, I love your show. Thanks Thank a lot. you. 180-mile-an-hour wind gust. There have been, he says, as he gets serious again for a moment, a lot of reports by local weathermen who have actually stated on the air that the jet stream has virtually come down on deck. And this is something that Ed Dames was predicting. What would you say, folks, was, uh, it was a year ago, at least a year ago. And then, shortly after he said it would occur, it began occurring. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hi. You have terrible laryngitis. I have silicone poisoning from breast implants. Well, you're going to have to try and yell at us. This is it. That's what I wanted to know, if I could be heard. Not really. Okay. I mean, I, I, I can hear you, but it's very difficult. All right. Well, I want to tell you one thing. I have two of those time machine things, but they are not the ones he's talking about. You have two time machine thingies, but they're not his fidgets, you mean? Right. Do you know about are they, are they are they Are they like fidgets? No, they are square, about a foot. They're uh, a metal. Do you know who Nikola Tesla is? Nikola Tesla. Nikola. Yeah. All right, these were developed. Nicholas is as in St. Right. Nicholas. Right, Nikola. 
he had a studio or a testing facility at Cripple Creek, Colorado. Uh, Cripple Creek, Colorado? Yes. yes. For a long time. And have you actually done time travel with these yes, things? Yes, I have. You but have. It, 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 it doesn't relate, though, to your laryngitis. No. No, and I... In other words, time travel doesn't take your breath away. Listen, no, I... I uh, look, look I've, I've got a break. You're not listening to me. I've got a break right here. This is Premier Networks. That was Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM on this Somewhere in Time. Networks presents Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from August 8th, 1997. We are literally doing nothing of substance this morning, and that's exactly what I wanted to do. <laughs> I missed a question. Tom in Petoskey, Michigan, wanted to know... How does one apply for a job with the men in black? I'm sorry, Tom, I did not ask that, but I may still get the opportunity, so hang in there. We'll get back to whatever it is we're doing in a moment. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from the 8th of August, 1997. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hello? It, hello there. Yes, sir. It's, uh, it sounds hi. a little like you're underwater. Hey, I'm, I'm in my truck. I'm in Atlanta, heading up 75. But, uh, yeah, I, I was in there a little bit ago, and uh, the guy was talking about a fidget. Yes. Uh, and that just brought something back. Uh, I run into a guy, it's been about two years ago, yes. that uh, claimed to have a fidget. I didn't know what it was. He didn't tell. He didn't go into any detail. You've got to be kidding. He actually used the word fidget. Uh, yes, sir. He just said to help him get away from things, but you know, I, he didn't say you know go into a lot of detail about it. But uh, it just made me start thinking where I met this guy. Uh, you remember a couple of weeks ago, you was talking about a little town in West Virginia, Point Pleasant, where the bridge fell. I do, sir. Uh, that's the town I'm from, and uh, you know the the uh, 
talking about the men in black crawling out on the bridge. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, the Mothman, you know, I'm familiar with all that, but, you know, I myself have never seen any of that kind of stuff, but I just thought it was kind of odd that, uh, this guy come on in and started talking about a fidget, and, you know, I saw it. You're, you're, you're kind of giving me the heebie-jeebies because, frankly, I didn't believe him. Well, you know, it, it didn't really click until just, you know, probably a half hour ago or so, right after, uh, he got taught by, he said fidget, and I was thinking, what if I heard that term before? Well, have you and, been uh, Have you been out here near Las Vegas? Uh, no, sir. No, where I met this guy was, well, like I said, the town I'm from. Uh, I was living up there at the time, and uh, I guess it's been about three years ago, because that's when I moved away from Point Pleasant back here to Atlanta. Well, listen, uh, I, I take it you listen to WGST, Planet Radio. Yes, yeah, so I'm listening to it now. Well, I got my radio turned down, but... All right, do me a big favor, will you? Yes. Um, you know, they have these uh, these truckers networks around, and I'm trying to explain to people that we have more truckers listening to us by a long shot than any of these truckers networks. Uh-huh. So, um, first of all, do you believe that's generally true? What? The, about the fidget? No, no, the no, no, the truckers. Yes, yeah, I do. You do? Yes, I do. So it's like when you talk to other people on CB and stuff, uh-huh. they're not... They're not uh, Listening to the truckers' networks. Well, I I wouldn't necessarily say that. Now, I know a lot of them are listening to other stations, uh, but uh, I know a bunch of them myself. I'm I'm more or less a local delivery. Yes. And uh, I know a bunch of uh, truck drivers that specifically listen to the, like Planet Radio. All right. Uh, all right. Well, of course. Uh, all right. Do me a favor. Give me a big uh, toot on your horn. All right. Here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes, sir. See you later. Fidgets have made it all the way to Atlanta, Georgia. That's remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. Well, let me try one more time here. Let me uh, go to my international line. You're on the air. Hi, Eric. Calling from Edmonton, Alberta. Edmonton. Yes, sir. I've spent the last half year or so trying to come up with some uh, suggestions for your show. I managed to come up with two. And they are? Oh, uh, first of all, maybe a... Uh, something that would bring about instant insomnia across the world, but uh, how about uh, Hoagland and Stanton Friedman on the same show, uh, Field and Calls? Well, Richard Hoagland and Stanton Friedman, huh? Uh, you know, Hoagland has so much passion, and he doesn't cut himself off, though. I think Friedman would give you some more abrupt responses that we, we might want. So you would consider that uh, Stanton would be a control on Richard? <laughs> to a certain extent, yeah. One other uh, suggestion, <laughs> a rather disturbing phenomenon I don't think people have even heard of, is that uh, discussed in an Ira Levin's book called uh, Sliver. I, uh, before you get into that, I've got to tell you about a call I got from Richard. It was about a week ago. Mm -hmm. And he was telling me he was listening to this show, and there was this guy on it, he was being serious, and he said, you know, I have never been so frustrated in my whole point. This guy would not come to the point. <laughs> and I just broke out in laughter. <laughs> I just totally cracked up. And Richard said, well, Richard, I'm real serious. And he said, I know what you're thinking. That's awful. Anyway, go ahead. Well, uh, the, uh, the concept of, uh, you know, hotels and apartments using uh, pinhole surveillance cameras and how do you know if you're a victim? Well, you don't. You'd have to get a sweep done of the place. 
Uh, I'd like to leave you, though, with a, a prediction. I, I really see a lot of a, a big increase in the rate of uh, airplane crashes and wildfires. Uh, I don't know about you, but I, I see those as two uh, possible uh, quickening phenomena. All right, I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, you know what I think I'd do if I found somebody with a secret little pinhole camera in my house? If, if something like that had been planted and I found it, I'd act out something, you know, like a murder or something. Really mess them up. Or I'd even concoct something uh, wilder than that. I, I don't know what it would be, but I would act something out to totally freak out the people who had put it there. On my special combo line, you are on the air. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, where are you? I'm in California. California. We have an echo. Hold on a minute here. Let me see what I can do about that. Uh, let me try it now. That should be better. You're in California. Yes. All right. Uh, do you fit into the category of a man in black, a time traveler, or one who possesses a time machine? I'm in the man in black. You're a man in black? Yes. <sighs> I'm shocked that I am getting so many men in black. Now, I thought never would I get a man in black because they are so secretive, uh, so many levels, no doubt, above top secret, that we could never get one to call, and yet here you are. Here all right. I am. Yes, all right. Um, may I ask uh, how one might go, in behalf of Faxer, about getting a job uh, with the men in black? Is there a way one can apply? Uh, there's not really a way you can apply for a men in black. You kind of fall into it. Is um, this just you, one of those, they come to you, or? Well, you, you go through certain levels. You, I, I started out in the military. Uh -huh. As just a regular, you know, went through boot camp, uh, sure. you know, went in the military, went to a special service, and uh, was given the offer, and I figured, what the hell, I might as well try it out. I mean, I was single, I had no family, um, well, so what I, did I have to lose? I remember, it, when I was in the Air Force, now, yeah. they used to post uh, job openings for um, a career field changes that you could apply for. I mean, did you go into the barracks one day or the first sergeant's office and there was a little thing saying uh, men in black openings? Uh... No, no. I mean, uh, they, they don't recruit like uh, a guy at a boot camp. I see. I mean, you, you're not like a seaman apprentice or a seaman recruit when they say, hey, uh, how would you like to be a men in black? Uh, and normally, uh, most of the men in black are officers that are, are strictly given security clearances and they're told, um, you know, I'm sure you remember the old page 13 where, where you're told, okay, uh, you've given up your rights to uh, be a normal American and have the normal, uh, yes. you know, rights of everybody else. I've heard that. And uh, so, I mean, what did I have to lose? I've, I've always wanted to know. I mean, I remember as a kid, I always wanted to know what was going on, and I figured this was the best course to take. All right. What is a general description, job description, of what you do? Well, you know... I listened to some of the other people uh, you had had on about the, the hierarchy and uh, yes. this and that. And uh, we are basically out there yes. to control secrets of the government. Okay, I mean, uh, a lot of times the secrets get out. How, but how do you sleep at night? I mean, going around intimidating people. Well, I mean, you wouldn't be intimidated by a men in white. Well, yeah, I, mean, I know, I understand that part of it, but I mean, actually intimidating them, or worse yet, breaking into a place and stealing evidence and that sort of thing. How do you sleep at night? How do you live with yourself? Well, well, because basically, you know, from, from our point of view, we feel that 
national security of the United States is, is, is our prime motive. Oh, my God. There's been so much done in the name of national security, though. I, I know, I know. I mean, I, the I, people feel like they have a right to know. Well, they do have a right to know, but... Well, not, not according to you guys. You go around stealing evidence and covering things up and... Well, we don't per se... Well, in some, some instances we do steal God knows evidence. we probably even kill occasionally. But we look at the big picture of things. I mean, uh, say, you know, we were to let out that, okay, there's a carburetor out there that's going to get 125 miles a gallon. I bet you got a bunch of those. I, I well, just... we may or may not. I mean, uh, you know, there's there, there certain certain of us that, that work for oil companies and, and, and protect their interests. That figures. And there's certain of us that work for insurance companies to protect their interests. That there's certain figures. of us that work for energy companies. And, yeah. and you know, you know uh, in fact, nuclear power is, is, is one of the interests that, we, that we've tried to, to go against. Because basically, you know, you can go through... In other words, you're on the side of the oil company, and you, you see nuclear power as a threat, a threat to the oil industry, and you're acting in behalf of the oil industry. That, that was my, my prime job, was for, <sighs> for the oil companies. God, don't you have guilt about that? I mean, we are polluting our air, our uh, environment is fouled, and you're protecting these old burners and, and providers of fossil fuels that are destroying our atmosphere. Well, I wouldn't be calling if I didn't feel guilty. Ah, so you're sort of like a man in black whistleblower, sort of. Well, not a whistleblower. It's just that uh, something occurred in my life that, that, that made me kind of look at the, the other side of the spectrum. What was that? Uh, I, I met a woman, and I fell in love and had children. Is that a not? Uh, is that generally uh, not a thing that a man in black would do? Uh, we're supposed to basically be on our own, uh, no ties. This way, we have no no commitments to other parties other than what, what our job is. You you don't take vows of celibacy. <laughs> well, not not vows of celibacy, but uh, but they don't want you settling. But they don't down want us settling down and beginning of the family thing. Makes sense and, uh, to me, sure. So. Uh, what happened is when I had children, I started looking at the big picture, and I, I said to myself, uh, you know, I, I, have, I have children. You know, I have responsibility. I have, uh, you know, my, my kids, you know, when I'm in my, you know, I'm in my 60s, they're in their 20s, they're going to be going through things that, you know, I, I tried to stop from, from doing all, yes. all in the cost for money. Well, when you try to quit or uh, leave the men in black, is it like, I, I, I mean, in the mafia, you generally don't quit. You're terminated permanently. Yeah, and, and, and you know, you, you you think you're smarter and you can keep one step ahead. Yeah. But uh, you know, sometimes people think they're so smart, and uh, you know, I fell into the same hole where I said, "Hey, you know, I think I can fool these guys." And uh, basically, uh, don't you find yourself constantly looking over your shoulder? Yeah. As, as a matter of fact, I do. And. Uh, uh, I'm sure I'll get screwed out of this one to be blatant. Well, you're a very heroic individual. Uh, are they going to continue the policy of uh, promoting fossil fuels, hiding um, carburetors, pumping? Uh, I, I'm, I'm sure it's, uh, it, as long as there's money there and there's people that can, you know, make it big. I'm sure they will. Is the ultimate boss of the Men in Black a woman in black? Uh, no. You, so that was false. Well, uh, uh, yes, uh, there are no women in black per se. I mean, there's women in the community of of, of the the organization, but they're not. 
I mean, there may be women that are in charge of certain divisions or certain sectors of the organization, but... Uh, what would happen? What would happen? Now, you say the average man in black is not married, doesn't have family, children, that sort of thing, right? Well, yes. But he has no, all the normal urges of a man, right? Of course. So you would assume that he has a relationship, at least at some shallow level, with women. If a man in black would utter to a woman what he does for a living, and she she had knowledge of this, right? What would happen to her? Uh, well, if, if they, if I mean, they don't, they don't. I mean, constantly monitors. I would assume I, 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 everything would be okay unless it was a plant, and, you know, to test our loyalty. They but, do. I mean, I, you know, I, with with the, the current woman I'm in love with, and I've had children with. I mean, I, I waited years and years. I mean. It, it, you know, it's not paranoia. It's more of, you know, I'm not going to get this person involved in what I do if, if I know it's going to hurt her in any way. And I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, you have found a woman, and and that you are, you know, a soulmate. Yes. With, yes, indeed. And, and and you don't want anything to happen to that woman that would ever put her in danger. You're damn right. Because basically, what it boils down to is, I mean, love is the ultimate power. I mean, there's someone that you meet on a street corner, you see that, you know, you, you may meet 20 women before you, but there's that one woman that just kind of, for some reason, you just can't seem to stop thinking about. Well, it's love. That, that's love. Love. Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't want my if, wife... Look, uh, obviously, you're being heard now by millions. Your old bosses huh, are listening. Obviously. What would you say to them? Uh, too late now, isn't it? I mean, granted, there's a certain amount of skepticism with people listening to your show. Yes. I mean, they, they take a little bit for uh, being truth fact, uh, kidding around, joking around. Yep, sure. Uh, but, it, you know... It, what, what could you say, if we were to say to you, doubt what you're saying, we don't believe you, what could you say that would help us believe you? Well, look at what the government has come out with over the few years, Okay. CIA has admitted uh, that they, yes, indeed, did plant stories about UFOs to cover the U-2 spy planes and the SR-71. It's true. It's true. Uh, they did indeed do tests on um, African-American males to see how they would react to uh, uh, sexual experiment. diseases. And, yeah, that's true. Dead kids, plutonium, it goes exactly. on and on and it's on terrible. and on. So, in other words, if we, if, if we embrace that as the truth, then, then we should embrace what you are saying as the truth. It is Nothing easily is as believable. Yeah, it's you true. Know, you know, you got to look at everything that at the core of, of every conspiracy theory or everything that's going on. There is a certain amount of truth. I understand. And and you know, there, you know, I, I would not fault the, the people that that make these decisions because to them they're looking they're looking. Uh, the United States has to be number one. Can I okay? ask you? Can I ask you a really hard question? Sure. As a man in black. Okay. Have you ever had to take a life? Kill. No. You don't have to. Have you ever had to rough somebody up? Uh, not so much rough somebody up, uh, but, I mean, standing in a street corner, following someone, stalking somebody, you know, dressed in a black suit with black glasses and staring at someone and always being there. Yep. I mean, letting them know that you're there is enough to, to, to you know, give yeah. someone the willies. So a man in black's main job, then is intimidation. Well, why not? I mean, it's the same as a, a police officer. You're driving down the road. Yeah, that's true. You see a cop hanging out on the side of the road. Are you going to speed up to 70 miles an hour? Or are you going to slow down at 55? I mean, it's deterrence. 
Oh, there's no question about it. I mean, if you were to look out and see at the edge of your property some black skulking figure with a black hat and a black suit, and uh, I, as a matter of fact, you know, it's funny. I had a caller not that long ago who said that he saw a man in black. It's when we were doing the show on that, and he said he looked down and he saw this man in black, and he stood there and watched him until finally the man in black raised his hand and simply pointed, acknowledging that it was that man that he was there watching. In other words, it was the finger of intimidation. Exactly. And that's all it takes in most cases, huh? In most cases. And then and another thing we do is, I mean, once the evidence is gone, yes. how are you going to prove it's one against the other? Okay? My word against yours. That's right. God, and, uh, it's I mean, uh, the media. Listen, I mean, I, I, I've got to go. Okay. I've got to go, but uh, I, you sound like the real deal to me. All right. Okay. Thank you very much, and we will talk with you once again. Another man in black intimidation. I I always thought that was their real job. You're listening to Art Bell somewhere in time tonight, featuring Coast to Coast AM from the 8th of August, 1997. Presents Art Bell Somewhere in Time tonight, featuring Coast to Coast AM from August 8th, 1997. The following is from Jackie in Jay, Florida. A woman accompanied her husband to the doctor's office. After the checkup, the doctor told the wife, If you don't do the following, your husband will surely die. One, each morning, Fix him a healthy breakfast, send him off to work in a good mood, too. At lunchtime, make him a warm, nutritious meal and put him in a good frame of mind before he goes back to work. And for dinner, fix an especially nice meal. Do not burden him with household chores. And finally, have sex with him several times a week and satisfy his every whim and need. On the way home, 
the husband turned around and asked his wife what the doctor had said. She looked at him and said, he said, you're going to die. All right, there's one more thing, uh, and this is on the very serious side, and since I'm not being very serious tonight, I'm not going to do it. I had a very long, uh, very serious fax from a lady named Nancy, whose husband was regarded to be the sixth most efficient assassin in the country. Somehow I don't want to end up Saturday morning in my final hour interviewing the sixth most efficient assassin. However, Nancy, I will call you, Nancy, um, and arrange an interview sometime next week. Uh, so rather than trying to fit it into the end of a show that has been mostly weird... Uh, I know that what you're saying is very serious, and I do want to do the interview, but I want to think about it, and I want to arrange the, you know, the right time, and I just don't feel like now is the right time. So I will call you, Nancy, next week, and we will make arrangements. And then there's Art. I think my supervisor at work might be a man in black. He's got no lips and talks like a robot. He's fired or made to quit five civil service employees in the few months that he has been with our government agency. What I want to know is, are there any ways to ward off an MIB like kryptonite or something? No name, name withheld in California. Well, uh, anybody who can actually cause a civil servant to quit probably does have some sort of supernatural power. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time, tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM, from the 8th of August, 1997. Back to the lines. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. How's it going, Art? Well, I don't know how you describe how it's going tonight. You've been listening, right? Oh, I've been listening all night, man. How, would you, how would you describe it? Uh, it's kind of weird. Uh, I like it, though. It's, it's pretty cool. I haven't been listening to your show that long. Uh, I've got a job at a radio station, and I've been you know, an affiliate or whatever. And uh, you're one of, Wait a minute. You work at one of my affiliates? I sure do. Which one? Where? Uh, WFOY in Decatur, Illinois. All right. All right. That's right. Uh, I have a question about one of your callers. I, uh, I, I have questions about many of them. Yeah, I'm sure you do, man. You get some uh, weird callers. But, hey, you know, uh, the guy about the, the turned into a wolf. Um, yeah. Um, perhaps I missed something, but uh, uh, he said he met a guy, a, a man in black. Um, what does that have to do with him turning into a wolf? It, maybe I missed that. I, you did. I, he, I, said, I, he said that... Yes, a man in black showed up, and as I recall the story, his father told him there was a family curse. Yeah. And apparently told him what was going to occur to him, that he was going to turn into a wolf, and did. Okay. So we're talking about a curse placed on him. Okay. All right, I got you. Anyway, he sure sounded serious. He did. He, said, <laughs> he even, I don't know, he's kind of convinced, because he said himself, he said, 
maybe I'm crazy. He, you know, and, and most guys, you know, they'd be like, "Listen, I'm not crazy." This, I this. believe, I believe his word was "fruit loop." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it takes all kinds, doesn't it? <laughs> well, who are we to say? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it could have been. You know, you know what did it for me? Uh, and I was ready to cut him loose at the bottom of the hour, but he hit me with that line about always being hungry. Yeah. And yeah. something resonated, and I said, maybe. Yeah. There are more things that occur than we know about in this world. Yeah. And so I tend not to reject things, just listen. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, probably the best way to do it. <laughs> well, it's a way. It's my way. Thank you. Hey, hey, no problem. Your show rules, man. <laughs> Thanks. It, 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 that's the only word for it. It rules. Thank you. Take care. All right. Goodbye. Bye-bye. It is different, as you may have noticed. I try and do different stuff all the time. And tonight, I just felt like, I don't know, I just felt like uh, doing something a little lighter. It's been a pretty heavy week, to say the least. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Oh, glad to make it through. This is Michael. I'm calling from downtown Salt Lake City. Yo, Michael. I'm uh, listening currently on uh, either KNZZ in Grand Junction or KFAB out of Omaha, whichever comes in better at the moment. Uh, if I tried to get in at the end of 1996 when you were doing predictions, I predicted that uh, I would have if I'd gotten in. Oh, now, wait a minute. No, this never washes. In other words, you're about to predict no, 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 something. No, my prediction came true, or it would have. Oh, that's what I mean. Now, you're going to predict something that's already occurred. Say you would have predicted what? That uh, we'd be on a different affiliate in Salt Lake, as we are on oh, KALL. See? See, I mean, if you no, had, I realize that. I'm just saying, but that's neither here nor there. I if you actually had, you. Thank, well, thank you. I, we're glad to be on KALL. But what I'm saying is, if you had actually made that prediction, do you know how impressed I'd be right now? <laughs> yeah, but since I didn't, that's neither here nor there. Uh, just for some reason, we're not. You're not on Friday night, Saturday mornings there. I don't know if it's a mistake of the uh, programmers there or. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm sure that uh, it will get straightened out. And the thing to do in these kinds of situations, KALL, of course, is a far more powerful station. Than KTALK? Yeah. Oops, didn't mean to mention the competition. No, that's cool. I mean, it's, it's all right. Uh, KALL is very powerful. And um, they will, you know, the thing to do is give them a call and uh, just be very nice and tell them you would like to hear the Friday night, Saturday morning show. And, and I'm sure they would, you know, rather than have you listen to something from hundreds of miles away, yeah, they would rather have you listening to their their station buying their products. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, another issue. I just wanted to let you. I didn't know if you were aware of that or not, but uh, David John Oates. Uh, you generally have him do uh, reversals on controversial folks. Yeah. What I think would be interesting is to either have him or maybe one of his students, because I know he's really booked, but to do some reversals on say people like. Malachi Martin, Daniel Brinkley, Richard Hoagland. Sure. People who we really don't question their credibility. Or what about taking a night like tonight? I mean, I have talked to Men in Black. Oh, yeah. I have talked to Wolves. I have talked to Mortician's Assistants. I have talked to a whole range of people. Mm -hmm. And if only one or two of them turned out to be totally congruent, that would stop you cold, wouldn't it? It would. So you're right. Yeah, sure. And uh, so David might want to go go to work on the uh, the contents of this show tonight, and 
boy, I don't know what I'd be sitting here thinking if some of it came came out as congruent. Oh yeah, and finally, uh, my last question is: somebody going to be doing an audio book on your uh, quickening at some point, either you or someone? <sighs> well, yes. Cool. Yes. I, I can't tell you when yet, all right? Sounds good. All right, thank you very much. Um, yes, the answer is yes. But it's a, it's a project that I have yet refused to contemplate. It's kind of like I almost don't have a life now. And if I begin doing that, then I have a minus life for a period of time. So... Eventually. In the meantime, my book, The Quickening, very serious book, actually. Uh, it'll give you some chills when you read it, because what I wrote about then has already uh, begun to manifest itself now. I don't almost don't want to talk about that right now. But you can find The Quickening, and I recommend you read it in bookstores around and about America. Go to your favorite bookstore and ask for it. And if they don't have it immediately, they can look it up in their little computer thing and they'll find it. The Quickening by Art Bell. Wildcard Line, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, uh, Art. Um, I have, my name is Chris. I'm calling from California. Yes, Chris. I have two questions for you. First one is uh, on the Roswell uh, incident. You had a full report at some point with uh, a chemist who was supposed to be uh, giving his testimonial uh, on what happened. And not on what happened. I'm sorry. On the composition of the. Um, Are you talking about Lieutenant Colonel Philip J. Corso? No, no, no. I'm talking about um, the chemist who was associated with UC San Diego, who was at the conference in Roswell. Oh. Yes. Okay, and the question I have is, on a different program a few days later, I heard someone who is obviously not believing any of this saying that they called UC San Diego and this guy had absolutely no affiliation. Well, yes. There was an Associated Press Wire story that broke that said there was this man was not affiliated with uh, University of San Diego, but we did some very careful checking and found out that in fact he is employed there, mm, okay. and that in fact he is a PhD. So there is a lot of disinformation. This is not my um, parts that were tested. If you thought those were art parts, they were not. Mm -hmm. uh, the, these were different uh, materials that uh, uh, were submitted by others, and so in fact this man really is employed, and that part of it was determined to be real. And so, so, yeah, there's a hell of a lot of disinformation out there. Right, the person who was on that show was really disinforming because he said he called UC San Diego and there was absolutely no trace of anybody who had been ever employed or was employed. Well, there was a man, a spokesman named Jacoby, who gave the Associated Press information that this person was not employed, mm -hmm. and he was in error. Okay, I have a second question. Yes? Okay. I think it was in the same program, but I can't remember for sure. I've been trying to reach you, and I haven't been able until now. Um, the alien autopsy move, uh, video, movie, whatever it is, a video, uh, also has been discredited with supposedly the fact that there was an OSHA 
um, picture, an OSHA poster on the wall in the background. You know what uh, I'm referring yes, to? Yes, I know what you're talking to. Uh, a warning thing? Right. But uh, you're talking about the, the graphic uh, design of it? Uh, I don't know about the details, but the person who was discrediting it saying no, that no, those no, OSHA signs no. were not available at that time. No, he's wrong. Wow. He is wrong. Okay, so, well... I, I, more um, disinformation. In fact, I checked into that. I've looked into that. Look, there has yet to be one real hole blown in that tape. Really? Yep. Including the analysis of the film and all that. Is there anything new? Are you going to do something on that soon? or The minute there's anything new on it, I will do it. They have an analyzed, uh, not just leader, but some of the a few frames of actual film. And there is no question about the fact that that film was used then. There is no question about the fact that that film, if it had not been used, would not have been viable later on unless it had been kept in some specially frozen state for gazillions of years. You know, 50 years, whatever. And I am not defending the alien autopsy film as genuine because I don't know it to be. I'm just saying that nobody has blown a sufficiently large hole in it yet for me to say it is a fraud. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hello, Art. This is Ed in Phoenix. Hello, Ed. Um, I was wondering, in reference to uh, the guy who called up and turned into a wolf. Yes. Have uh, you ever, when any of the times when Whitley Strieber has been interviewed on your show, have you ever asked him about his novel, The Wild? You know, I, I have not. That's uh, basically the plot, and I considered it one of his uh, better fiction works. Well, there have been many, many, many stories, sir, about people becoming wolves over the, I, over the I years. I understand that. I, this was this story just sounded uh, very similar to Whitley's novel, actually. Well, and I, 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 I haven't I read Whit no. Whitley's novel. In that novel, was it a curse? Um. In a way, if it's been a while since I've read it, but it was uh, it's very interesting. I'm I'm not doubting the man's credibility. It's very possible I have a very old. Well, there's mind nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with doubting somebody who says yeah. they became a wolf. I mean, you can doubt no, them. I understand that. Yes, but um, I enjoy your show very much, and I just wondered. I I had uh, I thought maybe I had missed it if you had ever brought up the subject with Whitley. So. I just thought Absolutely I'd... not, but I'll tell you what, now that you have said this, I will. I, I would uh, be interested to see what Whitley had to say on uh, this particular uh, subject, since he has written a novel about it. Uh, consider it done. Okay. All right? Have a good night. Bye. You have a good night, too. Until the bottom of the hour break. This is Premier Networks. That was Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM on this Somewhere in Time. Along the coach roads I did ride With sword and pistol by my side Many a young maid lost her baubles to my trade Many a soldier shed his lifeblood on my blade The masters hung me in the spring of 25 But I am still alive I was a sailor, I was born upon the tide, with the sea I did abide. 
I went off to furl the mainsail in a blow. And when the yards broke off, they said that I got killed. But I'm living still. I was a damn builder across the river, deep and wide. Where steel and water did collide A place called Boulder on the wild Colorado I slipped and fell into the wet concrete below They buried me in that great tomb that knows no sound But I am still around I'll always be around, around, around Somewhere in Time with Art Bell continues, courtesy of Premier Networks. Good morning, everybody. We are very close to a severe weather situation here in the uh, Nye County area. And apparently in Las Vegas, uh, it's already hitting. I just got the following. Hello, Art. I just wanted to let you know the weather in Las Vegas right now is wild. I live 10 miles south of the Rio Hotel and normally have an outstanding view of the Strip, but right now there's so much dirt in the air that I can't see any lights from the town. The only way I can tell it's not a blackout is because I can still see the Luxor light on the sky and the clouds. I've been here a while and I've never seen this. Very odd indeed. Thanks. Leon, P.S. By the way, KXNT in Las Vegas is off the air. Nothing but static. And we can see lightning uh, flashes like crazy to the east of us from here in Nye County. So obviously uh, it's, it's wild times in the desert once again, folks. Also, I was trying to keep it lighter, but I just got a newspaper uh, headline from Anchorage, the Anchorage Daily News, the main newspaper up there. And I'm not even going to read the story right now. It just follows on the um, heels of so many others like it. It says, Dead Seabirds Baffle Experts. Front page, Anchorage Daily News, Dead Seabirds Baffle Experts. Warmer bearing, Gulf of Alaska water is one suspect in the mysterious die-off. <laughs> I'm telling you guys right now, things are changing out there and not necessarily for the better. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from the 8th of August, 1997. I'll tell you something. One of my projects, and I've been meaning to do this for about two years, and I'm not going to wait much longer. I'm going to try to figure out how to get 
an outside microphone amounted I hear it the um, at the house I, I do my show a lot of people don't know it because I don't mention it that frequently I do it from home and there are a lot of interesting things that go on here not limited to some of the violent storms we have and a microphone would be really neat to have now since I'm on at night it would be a little difficult to get a camera out there. I've certainly considered it, and I may do it. And I may do it, and, you know, the studio cam, I could pump outside shots to the net during the day, and that's something that I may fool with. I can easily do that. But having a microphone out there would be really neat. I could just bring it up on one of the board faders when something particularly neat was going on. We have a lot of very strange aircraft that pass over. Uh, we have a lot of, uh, the power just flickered here. We have a lot of uh, a strange things, strange goings on, and it would be neat to have a microphone outside that I could just bring up and listen. Actually, then we could all listen. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Art. Yes. Um, my name is uh, James. I live in Fort Smith, Arkansas. Hi, James. Um, I have a, well, I am kin to Merle Haggard. Oh, you are? Uh, yes, I have heard that he is, he is here, his wife is trying to get on your show. Um, uh, they've Merle, had some strange goings on. I promise you I am going to have Merle Haggard on the show. Okay, there, I've got a question. Yes? Is there any way you might be able to get, get it to where I could talk to him? Because I've never met him. You're, like, you're, so you're kin? Yes. <laughs> I, he's like my third half-cousin. Uh, your, your my great-great-grandfather. Well, I'll tell you what you do. Um, mm -hmm. Fire me email or a fax or snail mail or something and give me a number. Mm -hmm. And be sure and let me know who you are, and I'll mm -hmm. do what I can. Okay, and then I've got another question Sure. for you to ask the man in black. Would you ask them if um, they have, if there are civilian men in blacks, and also exactly how they get into it through the military. If they might be able to give you any idea. Well, I sort of did ask that. Yeah, I kind of got that from that guy, but he he kind of bounced around the question. Yeah. I'll try. I'll try for you, okay? Okay, thank All you. All right, thank you. On my utility line, yeah. you're you're on the air. Good morning. Hello, Art. Hello. I'm cut my radio off. Um, I wanted to talk to you about... That uh, infrared technology that Lieutenant uh, Philip J. Corso was talking about. No, this uh, is, uh, listen, unless you're a man in black, a time traveler, or own a time machine. That's well, I've seen pictures that were taken from that camera. My father worked for North American Aviation in Downey, there at Lakewood and Sturton Gray Road, and he showed me a copy of the Skywriter magazine of the cars and motorcycles in the parking lot and people, even, uh, taken the day before. Mm. And uh, I can verify that it's absolutely true. One of your callers uh, called up and mentioned it to you when you were talking to John David Oates. Yes. Right. And uh, I've been trying to get in touch with you. Everything. I, I tried you know, on the computer everything. I couldn't get through. Okay, but you've got to understand that this line is for that special oh, group of people. So I'm going to have to leave you, okay? Well, uh, is anyway, could I give you a number to contact me back? Well, it's like, you know, you can email me or um, fax me or snail mail me or whatever, and we'll talk. Okay, I can, yeah, okay, you can snail mail then. All right. Good, okay, good enough. 
Okay. Yep, you bet. Take care. Uh, yeah, that's a special line. Just tonight only. Men in Black. Boy, we've had a lot of those. In fact, a shockingly high number of those. And while I was ready to dismiss the Men in Black with a chuckle, I'm not sure that I am. Don't forget I'm going to be on TV Sunday. And it'll be a rare appearance because you're not going to see me on TV for the most part anymore. I've sort of sworn off TV. But CNN was here a couple of months ago. This was two months ago. And they filmed a show we did late at night here in the studio on why people distrust government. Would have been easier to do one on who, who trusted government anymore. But it was very revealing. And it sort of fit into what they were doing. So they tell me it's going to be on WTBS this coming Sunday, August 10th, at 7 o'clock Pacific, right in the middle of Dreamland. So run it, you know, set up video cassette tape to run. It will be repeated at 11.50 p.m. Pacific time. And I will remind uh, uh, people on Sunday uh, that it is on at the risk of competing with myself. Sheesh. First time caller line, actual utility line. You're on the air. Hello. Hello? Yes, hello. Mr. Bell. That's me. Yes, I spoke with you a bit earlier. You're not allowed to call twice in the same night. That's no, but an I, absolute rule. doesn't matter if you're a man in black. I don't care if you're a man in purple. You can only call once. Wild card line, you're on the air. No, 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 wrong line. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello, Art. Yes, sir. Uh, my name is Michael. I'm from Atlanta. I was curious, have you uh, heard of the book Transformation of America by Kathy O'Brien? No. Uh, turn turn your radio off, please. I'm sorry. It's, it's quite all right. Off right now. Oh, good. Uh, no, I'm not. She uh, claims to be, with a large amount of documentation, a survivor of MKUltra mind control slaves. She claims she was sold into it by her parents as a child, that she was groomed as a uh, presidential model and tells some pretty fantastic stories about uh, uh, George Bush. Sir, would you please turn your radio off, I say again. It is off, sir. Um, it's completely off. Okay, good. Uh, well, how do I get hold of her? Are you are you familiar with Contact newspaper? They've mm. written about you several times. They have. Yes. What did they write about me? <clears throat> uh, nothing but good things. They talk about some of the stories you've had on the uh, really? on your program. They're out of Las Vegas. Um, it's quite a informative newspaper. It's a weekly paper that doesn't have a real large subscription base. Uh, their number is eight hundred. No, no, no. Okay. No, no. Can't do that. Okay. Uh, you've, given me, you you've given me enough uh, information, and I can certainly proceed from there, if, uh, particularly if it's in Las Vegas. So I, I'll pursue it, and I'll, I'll see if I can get her on. I think she would gladly come on. She's got quite a story to tell. Excellent. Sounds like my kind of gal. Thank you, Mr. Bell. Have a good Th evening. Thank you. Take care. Sure. Be glad to pursue that. 
on my utility line. You're on. Whoops, would have been on the air. Uh, west of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. Good morning. How are you this morning? I'm all right. Yeah, it's the first time I've got through to you. This is Tony in Klamath Falls. Hi, Tony. And what I was calling about, I have a question you can ask your first man in black, the one that's going to call you after the program. Oh, uh, yes. Ask him uh, if he knows where the double triangle, is, this is stars, the double triangle in the sky is now, that is the space portal. I know where it's at. And well, it's, then you should tell us. I know, but if I tell you, he'll hear it. <laughs> uh, well, I can tell you. I could tell you on another program where. All right. But that would be a definite thing because if he is from these other places, he should know that. Yeah, but yeah, but if you're not on the line and we ask that question and he gives an well, answer, we've got to him. accept it. You're going to ask him afterwards when you know when you and him are talking privately. You told him to call. Yeah, but you still, how am I going to know? Um. If he's telling me the truth, he could tell me any cock and bull story, and right. you're not going to be here to verify where the portal is, so I'm dead. Well, no, you're not dead. Well, I mean, I'm dead in the water. I can let you know the truth, where it is. And then you would know, maybe you wouldn't know the second he told you, but you would know afterwards. Have you been through this portal? No, but I've watched ships go into it and disappear. Really? Yeah. You mean just... Yep, exactly. Oh. That's exactly what they do. Huh? All uh, right, all right. Well, I'll, I'll mark that one down, and I'll, I'll look for your answer. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Going, going, going. Wildcard line, you're on the air. Good morning. Good morning, Art. It's uh, Bill from Alberta, Canada. Hi, Bill. Um, what I wanted to uh, uh, question about is, uh, what do you think that the name of this place would be, like, say, from uh, these, if uh, people were off-world? Obviously, they wouldn't use the, uh, the name Earth. What do you think uh, the rest of the universe would call? Would, would call us? Yeah. I think that would be a good question for a man in black. Um, another question you might ask is, obviously, off this world, we do not, like the first guy, he just about got it dead on, actually. Um, the uh, passage of time, or measuring the motion through space, they obviously use a different system. Perhaps uh, they would consider us like a dining hall. <laughs> actually, actually, Art, that's that's uh, it, it, the savagery of that's pretty close to the actual name of this place. Uh, it, it, it's made re reference to uh, how we smoke in, incarnate beings. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And so that's that's uh, the kind of label we got. But uh, that's beside the point. Anyway, what do you think some of the duties and responsibilities of cosmic citizenship are going to be? Mm, I think that uh, you could derive the answer to that by making a list of what we're doing right now uh, and turning it around. Okay. And one more, one other quick thing, if i got another couple seconds. Sure. Is there's no such thing as time travel because that totally completely interferes with free will and choice and whatever else from that point, particular point of view. Well, how the, how the heck do you know that you have free will? You, uh, you think you think you're making choices. Okay, I'm, an, okay, I'm, an, I'm a self-aware automaton? There's, there's no way you can prove it. Uh, that I'm a self-aware automaton? There's no way you can prove that you have free will. Well, I can prove that if I go back in time, I can I can uh, manipulate other people's free will. You're on. You're on the. You are on the air with me right now. How do you know that was not absolutely destined? How do you know you of free will made the choice to call me? How do I know that? Yes, sir. Uh, okay. 
Well, I'm, I, I'm going to buy out, bow out gracefully on this one. All right. Well, you consider that and get back to me. <laughs> Thanks, Art. Have a great day. All right. Take care. Uh, first time caller, actually, utility line, you're on the air. Hey, Art Bell. Yes. Good evening. I bought your book today. You did? Yes, and I am I am just, I, I bought it at Barnes & Noble, and I tell you, I am thrilled. Well, and, I, and I tell you, I started reading it, and I go, oh, boy. <laughs> Anyway, you had a guest on the other night talking about uh, Hale-Bopp dropping some kind of a plant pathogen. That's correct. It was Ed, Major Ed Dames from SciTech. Yes. Does he have any books out? He does not. Uh, what he has out is a, uh, the beginning of a series of videotapes to instruct one on how to remote view. Yes, and I don't know anything about remote viewing, so I don't want to sound like I'm ignorant, but... I'm really, I've listened to you for about two weeks straight now, and well, really, I really like your program. Thank you. Did you hear Dr. Holland last night? Yes, I did. Uh, he explained, um, I think very rationally, how remote viewing works, and in fact that it does work, and it's scientifically verifiable. And I call that uh, number that uh, to get the module one. Oh, yes. And then you can start doing the remote viewing. I think that really to the real meat of the how-to part of uh, the tapes is in Module 2, but you've got to take it in order. Module 1 is critically important to an understanding of what it's all about. Mm -hmm. So Module 2 is about to be out. Right now, all you can get is Module 1. Module 1. Yep. Let me ask you something. How, when, in your book here that you're writing, you know, Today's Trends, Tomorrow's World. Yes. Um, I was talking to somebody about this today in a store. How do we prepare for all this? You know, I it's it's happening so fast. Yes. It's like an acceleration point and most it's like uncomprehendable for most Americans. You want my real answer? Yeah, really. Prepare for it spiritually. Spiritually. Because there's nothing you can do to change what's going to occur. Yes. And I, I don't mean to be um, pessimistic. Uh, I'm just telling you it's happening. I'm not pessimistic, nor am I optimistic. I am an observer, mm -hmm. somebody who chronicles what's going on, and I'm telling you that it's coming. So my advice to you is to prepare spiritually. Beyond that, if you have a family, uh, have you know, just do rational things. Have water on hand. Have some spare power. Have a radio that uh, will work, uh, like the you know, like the one that Sea Crane sells. Yeah. Blah blah blah, and um, do those things, those minimal things. Mm -hmm. Don't go crazy. Don't go out and get fatigues and blah blah, but just prepare and prepare most of all in your own mind. And what about this um, plant pathogen? Wouldn't that burn up in the Earth's atmosphere? He was talking about that the other night. Well, no, uh, he has seen is like the man who saw the future in other words he has remote viewed what is going to occur and he said it is going to make it to land or disperse in the atmosphere over Africa and it will begin in Africa it's not what I'm saying it's what Ed Dames has said and will then spread to the rest of the world I know yeah, we had a friend of ours discover uh, some crop cir circles up in Smithfield, and uh, this was the day after the 4th of July, and they were on Strange Universe the other night, and, you know, to me it was, I don't know, I have a hard time believing that that it's 
it's not aliens. And I think all, you know, I went to Cooper, Bill Cooper's seminar five years ago in 92 in San Diego. And that's when I really, really, really woke up. And I don't want to sound like I'm a goof because five years ago I told people about UFOs and they looked at me as if I was nuts. But now that the government has come out and they've lied about it and they've told the truth, I mean, it's just all these lies are accelerating so fast that the people can't they can't they can't comprehend what's going on. I agree with you, sir. Uh, so just sort of keep yourself centered. That's my advice. All right. Okay. You take care. That's it, folks. But Hopkins is on Dreamland Sunday, and I'll see you then from a stormy Southwest. Good night. <laughs>